The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 108 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Collati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we've got the full crew. We've got John George at the Esports Plug, back from vacation. How are we doing, everybody? Uh, Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Send money, need help. Thanks, except, in danger. <laughs> except where he's going to dominate you in your season-long leagues, right? we'll see we'll see it's a it's called season long right it's a marathon it's a marathon not a sprint exactly exactly so uh yeah episode 108 we're gonna be in full summer swing this is gonna be a full-on show we're gonna have a full slate of games for the weekend this is gonna be our first one for the summer season we kind of like eased our way into it is it anybody else think it was weird the na started first i don't think that's ever happened before yeah it was a little bizarre it's a little it, it was a little little weird flex but um uh yeah Interesting. I think the books got thrown off too. Like, I don't know if you guys saw. Like, some of the books have like six games per day up this weekend. Like, some of the books like, are oh. so lazy, dude. I know. They were, like everything was so messed up. Bovada still got uh, uh, Rare Adam listed as Vici like a year later. Yeah, yeah. that's well. That's because they're probably taken from Google or whatever. Because Google hasn't changed their shit in forever. So. Uh, we got a couple small news topics, and then we're just going to go directly into the slate. we got a full slate of games here, so um, we'll jump right into it. Um, news number one, we've got uh, Blue is out sick this week, and I, I believe it's Two Hoyers is how you say his name. Uh, I don't remember seeing this dude in Academy. Two hours? I don't know. Uh, he's going to be filling in for him um, for SK Gaming this week. I, I, maybe I've watched him and I just don't remember, but any any – scouting on this Man. all i've heard is I, I heard good things apparently he got a pentakill in like his first academy game ever so that's a good sign i guess but just tough for sk gaming man knocking them yeah. down from arguably the best team in the league you know not being able to bring the star roster in all right i think all they right, go John. from 10th to 10th with the addition of spitting, two hours spitting hot lava already got it <laughs> um yeah i mean i'll say this blue is actually a pretty good player like Blue's pretty good. Like if you put him on another team, I think he'd you know probably make you know he would he he could he'd be fine. He wouldn't be out of place. I'll say that much. Uh, he belongs at this level, that's for sure. Um, we're also gonna have Saligo is gonna be out for. So Blue is sick. Saligo, I think they're just trying out Yasui, who's been kicking around the academy team. We've seen him in the LCS before a few times, I think. He's on Echo Fox back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. So you know this isn't his first rodeo, but uh. You know, apparently they say he's been playing well in Academy. Maybe he took some scrim games with the, the main squad, and they're going to give him a shot this week. So probably smart for Dignitas, right? It's a little weird to disrupt the flow. Reasonable. But, I mean, yeah. I, I It feels like, I don't know, I, I said this before the show, but I think it's weird. Like, I think everyone would agree within the space that they're overperforming expectations. So for me, it feels weird to then try and change it up for – 
what seems like no apparent reason to me. Like I understand the whole, yeah. we want to give people what they've earned and, and, and all that. And maybe that's true. Um, but it just seems a little bit weird for me from a competitive standpoint to do yeah. it after going, didn't they go three L last week or did they go two, one, two, one, I think two, one. And they're, you know, tied for like, I think they're like in the overall standings. I think they're like top four or something. So it's, it's a little bit odd, but it's definitely some weird flex, but, uh, you know, I guess it's whatever. It's not a huge deal or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> That's all the notable news I wrote down. Is there anything else anyone saw? Am I forgetting anything? We covered most of the roster moves and stuff like that over the last two weeks, so I don't... Oh, we have a roster for V5. That was cool. <laughs> um, oh, we saw it in action this morning. The uh, the half the, the bottom half of the league in the LPL still looks like shit so far, but we'll see. It's a couple games into the season. I don't want to go too nuts yet. Um... Victory zero. Nice. Nice. So, uh, I guess we'll just hop right into it. Um, do we want to do, like, before we do this, do we want to do, like, a brief LEC preview? Like, we we kind of talked through power rankings. Like, like basically our adjustments. We didn't go through and do a full-on show. We just did, like, all right, what's changing? What's moving? Who did you upgrade? Who did you downgrade? But, John, you haven't been here, and, you know, we still have the LEC coming up. I know... You recorded your video, and people, you know, esports subscribe, uh, department subscribers can check that out. But just real quick, like rapid fire, like what are your ta- like upgrades, downgrades for LAC? SK Gaming's the worst team. I think G two will probably win the split unless, uh, you know, there's some rumors that they haven't been performing as well in scrims. Maybe maybe they're on the downfall, but I still predicted them to come first. Uh, I think you're still looking at G two, Rogue, and Mad as your top three teams. Fnatic slightly downgraded in my eyes. Uh, Vitality, I had right in fourth, like right outside of that three-man group, yeah. but above Fnatic. So that's that's kind of my general takes. Uh, who's who do you like for your like best of the rest? Oh, um, Misfits maybe. I'm trying to think of who the other teams are. I had XL eighth, I think. Shalka, uh, oh yeah, Shalka. I had Shalka highest of, of the rest, oh, and really? then Misfits next. Yep. Interesting. Okay, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I'm not a big fan of this, but I guess we'll see. All right, I just want to get like a rough, quick rundown, um, so that people have some context for stuff. As, you know, if the, you know people haven't checked out your video, but everybody should check that out. So, all right, uh, we're gonna go day by day because we got a lot of positive feedback about doing that. So let's start off <clears throat> with Friday. We'll do the morning slate for Friday. We have LCK and LPL. We've got LCK Week One and LPL Week One. Uh, Friday is going to start off with Fred at Brion, plus 154 against the Afrika Freaks at minus 208. We'll say Fred at Brion to take a game is at plus or minus 213. I'm already mad. Already mad at Brion? Yep, I'm already mad. I really thought this morning over Sandbox. <laughs> I really thought Sandbox was winning this morning. I that had, was a, I good had series. a wager there. It was a it good was. series. Um, I, I was also on Sandbox in that series, but uh, it was it – was, you know, it was a 2-0, but I actually think like it was it was a pretty competitive set of games. Like I, I think both teams played pretty well. Brion was just better. Uh, I, th- I thought uh, Lava had kind of a nutty series, and Umti was really really good as well. So they just moved. Brion did a really really good job with like their first ten minutes in both of those games. Like they have really really good early game scripts. Like you know, actually using the Callista to go get shit done. Um, they did that a lot. Like that. I I. It's such a huge difference when you see people actually utilize that champion for stuff like that versus just trying to play it as like a normal AD carry. But when you're actually using it, yeah, it's potent. Like it can be, it can be a, a hit. I thought it was a little bit weird with the whole obsession with 
Jin. Am I am I crossing games up from this morning? They play Jin twice, right? Sandbox, right? I think Jin's really weak right now. For yeah, the I don't. I'm. I might be crossing it up with the LPL. Let me take a look real fast because I. I honestly forget. I think. I'm pretty. No, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure they played Jin in both games. <laughs> so they did. They played Jin in both games. I was trying to look up Google, and it's not showing exactly the ADC position. Yeah, like it's. You know, dress felt a little bit weird. I think I think uh, Emmerich was talking about that in the in the Discord this morning. It was felt a little bit like they drafted themselves into a corner, like banning a bunch of the carries and then like waiting as long as they did. But I mean, the thing is, this early when you have like a one game sample size, it's always hard to tell like if they just think Jin is good. You know, maybe Jin is good, maybe he's not. Maybe they just are enamored with him, or maybe they just back themselves into a corner. We don't know yet. So either way. Uh, Brion plus 154, Afrika minus 208. We're not going to get to see Afrika. This will be their first game. I have a couple things here. Um, Afrika, Sandbox, and Gen G in particular, I actually think are going to thrive in this metagame. Uh, I think the game in its current state right now, you have a lot of me- like double melee solo lanes with flex picks, right? It's so easy to get yourself completely blown out in a draft. And I actually think this is maybe the most severe side advantage that we've had in 2021. Like, I think blue side is so much better now than red. Because, yeah, you can counterpick on red, but you don't know what you're counterpicking, so you don't end up counterpicking a lot of the time because it's a double flex a lot of the time. So until we see some adjustment or, like, you know, once we figure out what's optimal or whatever, I'm kind of treating things as very, very volatile, and I want to um, I want to embrace teams that, that you know, play good early, are aggressive, are willing to skirmish, right? So um, kind of easing off of favorites a little bit and trying to embrace up-tempo teams because I think that's the kind of looks you're going to want to have, at least for now. Like, it could change next patch. We don't know. Or it could change once teams figure things out. But uh, Brion looks pretty good in their opening 10. Uh, I, my gut tells me I think a freak could get an upgrade because they're good at this kind of shit. They were like a really dominant early game team last season, but you know, do we want to lay two oh eight with an unknown quantity? Oh, I guess we have to. <laughs> You're going back to the Afrika well I mean, every single just, week. I mean, what I mean, what are you going to do? I, I just make the same mistakes every year and just pray that one year they're not going to they're not going to be mistakes, and it'd be too off brand for me not to do it. So that's, there we go. That's awesome. Um, Josh, what do you think on this one? Afrika Freaks? No comment. Chris? Uh, I think I'm kind of glad that Breon gave us a good impression in our first game. This should give us some uh, less ownership on Afrika. Nobody likes Afrika. I'm just concerned <laughs> because they always do this. Like they'll have, You'll like, have every right to be concerned. And then like four <laughs> matches in a row where they're just terrible. So it's it's bizarre. <laughs> Uh, uh, I yeah. Good. I think you just play the the the, the, the minus one point five only. That's the only one that's worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about this one. Like my gut just tells me like this is Afrika, but I I guess we let's do bigger picture on this too. Like I happen to think that like the the bottom like six teams, the LCK spring was a weird season. Do you guys agree with this? Like, it was just weird. You had DRX, like, winning all these games they had no business winning, right? You had Afrika and Sandbox losing all these games they had no business losing, right? KT didn't start the prospect roster that we thought they were going to start until they were already out of playoffs, right? So, 
and you had a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. Bay, it didn't turn out was, you know, as good a prospect as everyone thought. So I actually think the middle of the table is at least going to be like upgraded overall. Like the the whole pool, I think, is going to be upgraded overall because it was bad in spring. Like the bottom six or seven teams, I'll say six because I think Kamala was pretty good, but they're pretty bad, and I think they really like can't really be much worse than they were. So. I think at least it'll be more competitive amongst those. I still think it's a very top-heavy league, but uh, you know, at least we get some more interesting games in this, this side of the the uh, bracket. What if this is just the death of the LCK, Gelati? It could be. It I mean, very well could be. I mean, seems like the trend line for the LCK generally on a downslope for the last year and a half, two years. What if it's so? What if it's over? What if the party's done? It's certainly possible. I just don't think the data really backs that up either. You know, so. Two years from now, it's just LCK versus CB Lol to see who makes worlds. You know, each gets one <laughs> representative. And... Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get to that point. I uh, just, what's up, man, these, I don't know. I mean, and maybe the case is I'm just super biased towards these Western leagues, but I think it's actually just because the level of play is so much lower that it's more entertaining. But I really just hate like these Eastern leagues being so top heavy. It feels like there's like. Yeah, uh, it just feels boring to me. I'm not a big fan of watching a ton of blowouts, and I don't think that's super fun. I mean, obviously the Brion upset was was nice to see this morning, but uh, I know we've kind of had this in the LPL, especially, and you talked about that a little bit. But both these leagues feel so top heavy that it's just like going to be so hard to play sides. And then even with these bottom six teams, it's kind of like I don't know that any of them should be minus yeah. two hundred against one another. I know like, at they least probably we- should, but yeah. At least in the LPL, it's top heavy with like six to eight teams yeah. that are that are just weighing it down. Yeah. I, I do think but it's so half and for half, what it's, right? For what it's so for in what it's leagues. worth, though, like I, this this is kind of how I'm coming into this, right? Like, I, I actually think at least a couple of these teams are going to take a, a noticeable enough step forward to you know at least play competitive games. I don't know if they're going to win that many, but they'll be able to play some competitive games against the top of the table, right? That was not the case at all last season, right? Like, I think I think a couple of these teams are candidates for, for actually becoming a middle of the table instead of this, like, very calcified top and bottom, right? The LPL, I think there's a couple candidates for this as well. Like, you, you have, like, maybe Billy Billy, maybe LNG, maybe uh, LGD take a step forward. But uh, we're going to have to just wait and see. Like I, I think like looking at the rosters in the LPL, you can like look at the players and be like, okay, like this is a stark difference in talent, like overall quality, right? The LCK, it's like okay, like these bottom teams have some good players on them. They should be better than they are. Maybe that'll play out. Maybe it won't. We'll see. But uh, it's kind of just thinking bigger picture about that makes it a little more interesting. And I hope, hopefully, hopefully we get some more middle of the table in both leagues because I agree. Like watching stomps for half the games sucks. Right, like it's just not entertaining. Uh, so well, and even from a capping perspective, it's just tough to even bet those games because the odds are just going to be absurd. Yeah, it's, in, it's in a lot dumb. of cases, it's frustrating. Um, so hopefully somebody can make some noise and keep things interesting. Otherwise, it's going to get pretty boring. Um, got a banger up here. So we got T one plus one fifty nine against Damwon minus two twenty two. Damwon uh, losing in the MSI finals. This will be their first match. T1 coming off a 2-0 victory over Hamwa this morning. Got to be in consideration for pick of the week on T1, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked a lot in the Discord and put my money where my mouth was on Golden Guardians against Cloud9 coming back from uh, coming back from MSI. Mm-hmm. And this is a little different because T1 is going to play another match before their match with them, where with the Golden Guardians thing, a big part of it was 
like Golden Guardians had three straight weeks or whatever where all they really needed to think about was match one with exactly. Cloud9 to prepare exactly. for it, where T1 had another match before this to worry about. But I still think it's definitely, if you want to talk about like random gut trends that we've seen over the years, teams coming back from these international events have definitely underperformed in the first week or two back in the normal season. So yeah. feels like a pick of the week candidate. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, Dame 1 might end up still being the best team in the LCK, but the other thing working in our favor on this one is T1 looked really, really sharp this morning. They looked good. Uh, I think Hamwa did a couple dumb things. and They just got ran over in Game 2. Game 1 was pretty close, but... Uh, T1 overall looked really, really sharp this morning. Like they're... Yeah, T- T1 looked like – I mean, we've, we've seen teams like this in the past. It was actually like, damn, on last year. But, like, it's just crazy, like, to watch these high-level League of Legends teams that, like, a good play is made from a team that's losing to, like, a comeback play. Mm-hmm. And it's just snap. Everyone's there. Like, T1 yeah. today, especially when they had the double globals, I think they had Tom and – Varys, I don't know I think what... it was. Yeah, I don't remember who, but they – there was like a pick in the bottom side on the HLA side where it was like a great play. They caught someone out, and then instantly Tom Kench ults in, swallows the guy up, gets yeah. out. I'm like, dude. And then they like turn it and like ace them and end the game or something crazy. And I was just like, man, like watching teams be able to react to the map that quickly and just all all be like in unison. Man, I love I love watching that. It's just great to see that at, at these high levels. And they looked really really good today because HLE like you said they didn't play perfect by any means but they made a couple good plays when they yeah. were down I thought the first game was pretty good from them it's just completely just stomped out every yeah. time yeah I think um, coming back from internationals it's always like we, we get a taste of like okay like good is good like regardless of where the region is right like if, if you know watching watching high level play is just enjoyable as hell so um, yeah I think T1 definitely in consideration here just for, for all like it, it's it's a perfect storm right Damon's first match back, first ma- first match of the season, highly volatile meta game, first match back from an international, which has its own trends involved, and then you know, people saying in the chat you can shop around and get even better numbers on this for T1 as well. So, and T1 looks good. So a lot you got a lot of things working in your favor. So I think T1's definitely a good play here. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Looking like a very live play to go T1. I really uh, think who I'm most impressed with is Kana. He's made a really big comeback after the spring that he had, where, uh, you know, we're talking, the talks about like mental is not there and uh, just coming back looking like everything clicks for this team. I'm sure they're thinking about worlds now after failing out to even contend in the playoff. T1 literally at all times playing the long game no matter what happens like they just <laughs> just always always find the chess any <laughs> any concerns with lineup or do we think they're going to stick with this old man lineup so or... did you so, uh, did you guys see the interview joe marsh did with inven yeah yeah so it's, uh, the, the tldr was like uh, let me see if i i don't know if i have the link danny said that roster won't change as frequently as spring. as frequently yeah and then joe joe reiterated because he did an interview with them as well uh joe's the general manager and like mark and he does like marketing and stuff like that um uh he reiterated that like it doesn't mean that we won't see substitutions and people tried out and stuff like that but they're going to try to make a concerted effort to play the core lineup and they and he, he specifically said the playoff lineup the one that they finished the season playing almost every game so this lineup right uh I do think that like there was a noticeable difference. It's not like it's not like the other versions of T1 were bad, but I do think this is the most solid version of it and I think moving forward it'll be a lot easier 
<laughs> you can rest a little bit easier knowing that for the most part they're going to be running with this. They're not going to be trying this person for two weeks and then moving this roster for two weeks. Again, T1 playing the long game. They want to see what they have. Joe Marsh specifically mentioned they can only bring seven players to the world, so they want to know. They wanted to know what's important, what to bring, you know, what this player can bring to the table if they wanted to make a substitution or do something like that. So uh, I'd encourage people to go check that out. I, I think I'll, I'll retweet the link out when I get a chance to. Um, LPL Friday morning. We've got LNG plus 144 against Billy Billy minus 192. We've seen a match each from both of these teams so far. LNG kind of just steamrolled this morning. And Billy Billy was it two it was two to one against EDG and they had that really weird like hour long pause and they had to remake game three. Yeah, they lost. Ended up losing. Yeah, it was right, two to, it was two to one to EDG, but uh, yeah, uh, it was just a really bizarre game. They're pretty two of the games are pretty competitive. So yeah, yeah, some hope for BLG this split. That still feels like maybe they're too big of a favorite here. These feel like yeah. two teams that are going to be right next to each other in the I rankings agree. at the end of the season somewhere or another. So plus one forty four feels like maybe it's a good deal on LNG since I think these two teams are right right near each other. So I'm probably going to go that way. Yeah, same here. I'm actually a pretty big fan too of that minus one and a half line that you have showing there as well for LNG. Yeah, uh, I thought they looked really sharp. Obviously, I mean they're playing against much worse competition than BLG, but like I said, I think in in these opportunities, <laughs> I mean they're going to be few and far between. They split, yeah. to be frank. Uh, so if you get a live underdog here and what you think is a pretty even match, I, I wouldn't be hesitating to take that minus one and a half there at all. The T one minus one and a half times. against Dam one, another one that's yeah. probably worth looking at. Yeah, yep, sure. same same for idea sure. there. I think I think anytime uh, John's mentioned this in the past, but anytime you think two teams are pretty close together and and you think it's a good money line bet on the underdog, don't also be afraid to sprinkle on that minus one and a half. I know Vince, that's your uh, what do you call it, the underdog water. special? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the only concern is like the the quality of opponents here. But I agree. Generally, generally speaking, I think uh, you know these teams are close enough that one probably shouldn't be favored by this much. I mean, maybe by the end of the season, we know like okay, Billy. Maybe we'll know by the end of the season one of these teams is clearly better, even if they have like the same record. Like that's certainly possible. But as of right now, I think it's going to be close enough that you just take the underdog. If it was Billy Billy on the other side of this, I would have taken Billy Billy. So uh, this should be a good. So we actually have a pretty good weekend slate across the Eastern leagues, which is going to be rare, I think, this season. So uh, we actually have a pretty good weekend of games. Uh, the other LPL game on Friday morning is Team WE plus 114 against Sooning minus 152. Uh, we haven't seen WE yet. We have seen Sooning. Wait, did we see WE? Am I done? Nope. We haven't seen WE. And we have seen Sooning, though. Yep, I'm going pick of the week on this one on the WE side. Yeah. Um, and I know you're, like, super hyper bullish on WE. Yeah, and I and I talked, like, in my preseason videos, I went over a lot of, like, this same concept of, like, a lot of times when I look at a team, I try to look at whether I think they have more room for growth or room for regression, like, based on the average that we've seen from their players and their history and things like that. Mm -hmm. Sunning feels like a team that has more room for regression than room for growth to me. They feel like a team that's more likely to drop down to, like, eighth than to start making a playoff run. And WE feels like a team that had a lot more room for growth than room for regression. Yeah. Like, just to, like, give people a little understanding of what I'm talking about, like, if you look at SOFM's whole career, a lot of splits he was not great, and then he had a couple splits where he was really great. But that, for me, tells me that he has room to go back to more average, whereas with somebody like Jumang, he was great for his entire career up until last split where he was not great. And so that, for me, feels like he has more room to move upwards 
versus downwards. It's not necessarily always true, but I just try to look at things through that lens. And in that lens, it feels to me like WE has a lot of chances to be better this split, and Sunning has a lot of chances to be worse. It's not necessarily the way it's going to work out. Yeah. It's just how it feels to me, like just looking at the roster. So I like WE quite what, a bit. What's What's interesting about Sunning is that I actually think they've slowly gotten better and better and better over the course of the year. So it feels like I, I agree with you, but it feels a little bit weird, like to be on that side of things, like after seeing them just consistently improve because they were they were pretty sketchy in the they first They definitely split. got better and better and better in spring. Like but they were, I, they were I generally bad at the beginning you. of spring. Um, and then... I, I guess I'm like maybe less bullish on, on WE ceiling than you are, but I do think like both these teams are pretty good. I think this is another situation where it's I think it's two evenly matched teams just take the underdog. If Sooning was on the other side of this, I'd be taking Sooning, right? Um, I, I guess like another argument you could make here is like is, is Mole going to be an immediate fit? Like, do, uh, is that going to are, are we going to be a sluggish starter? Essentially, I think the like the, the question for me with Mole is just like not whether he's going to fit in well, but like how much does it improve we if their mid laners not like awful? Because all James their mid laners, I mean, he's not awful, but I mean they they were losing mid lane badly like with almost all the iterations of we previously, and so if he just holds his own and like breaks even in lane, is that enough to like move we up? Also, I think we're playing kind of a more uh, people might disagree with me, but I feel like we're on an 80 carry and top focused meta right now. And Jumeng was very, very good when we were playing an 80 carry focused meta before. Obviously, he just came off a bad split, but I- I'm really hoping to see some some star stuff from this team, especially with 80 carry top focus. They have Jumeng and Breathe. I think those are two guys that are great to have if you're playing 80 carry and top focused. Yeah. I don't know. I, I-, I guess I'm looking at, like, I think Mole is a better player. Like overall, I think he he can do more. Th- I, I think he's a more dynamic player. I also think he's kind of got some floor situations that are questionable too. He does some sketchy things sometimes, but he's like the best version of Icon, right? Like Mo- Mole's a good fucking player. Like he's legitimately very very good, but he you know sometimes gets a little bit ahead of himself. For me, this was more like it it felt like a side grade, like more of a side grade or a very slight upgrade to me. Like I don't think this is just like oh holy shit, we are so good now, right? But I think you're right. Like, there's enough case for regression. Mole is an upgrade, I think, even if it's not a very you – know, however big an upgrade you think that is is your opinion. But um, I do think – yeah, I, I think there's a strong enough case for WE here. Like, I think the only case you can make against them is the, the early chemistry. Like, maybe they start off a little slow because they're, they're, you know, building in reps with Mole and, and you know, the additions to the coaching staff and stuff like that. So I, that's – Really, the only case I can come up with. What do you guys think, Josh? You got any thoughts on this one? No, I think uh, I think you guys kind of captured everything. I think it's a fine. I think this is a game I'm fine with you being on either side of. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think Sooning kind of just has been steadily progressing. Uh, team Team W. I think John has pointed out a lot of cases for for the bull case for this team, and I think they're all valid. So. Like I said, I think this is a pretty fair line. I could see value on either side, depending on your kind of overall adjustment or sorry, overall valuation of, of these two teams. I mean, uh, John, I guess like briefly, I mean, I know last split, I think you had Team WE slotted in at like third in your power rankings. Are they back up at that similar spot or do you have them down five, six with Sooning or like kind of where do you have these two I teams? I think I had them. Power? I'm trying to remember exactly where I put them in the preseason video. I think I had them something like fifth. Maybe slightly yeah. higher, and Sunny's um, probably like six or seven. Then, right? I, I think I had them all the way down, like eight-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not high on Sunning. I wasn't high on Sunning last split, and I was kind of right, but I was right for the wrong reason because they looked really bad at the beginning of the season, which got them in a hole, and then they looked very good later, so they still ended up middle of the table. So I wasn't really right, but they did kind of end up there. Yeah, yeah, that's – I don't know. I it feels like, I mean, if you have that evaluation, I think it's completely fine to be on WE. And then if you're, you're kind of on, on Vince where you have them swapped, basically, right? You have Sooning 5th and, and Team WE 7-8, then I think you could find value on either side, kind of yeah. depending. And- I, I kind of just think, like, it's the, like the top of the LPL, like the top nine teams I keep talking about all the time. Like, where's, like, your cutoff line, or is it really that nebulous? Like, who are, like, the S-plus teams? Like, who are your actual, like, your your... Like if you had to make markets for this, who are your favorites to win the split? For me, it's I think it's top and FPX, my like our S plus and an RNG's S. Where I and have and then every and then like the rest are like in their own probably. Thing. I I don't know if I have an S. I mean I think I, I might have EDG alone in S minus and then the rest A plus or A whatever. Okay. The the next four five whatever. Yeah. So I kind of do have them nebulous. But what do you think? What, do you, what about you, John? I had JDG in my top tier along with the same kind of teams that Josh mentioned. I had EDG lower than you. I, 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 EDG is another one of those teams that fits into my, like, I think they have more room to step backwards than step forwards after they get, like, an MVP performance out of Viper last split. And, like, if he's just good this split, that's a good reason to step way back. So, I, I don't know. I, I have them a little lower. I have JDG a little higher, but about the same feelings. I, I had FPX I think, I think the meta is very, very bad for what EDG want to do in games. It's not, that, it's not that they can't do other things. Like, I kind of feel that way about RNG, too, is that they – just because a team shows a tendency to do something more often than not uh, doesn't mean that they're incapable of doing other stuff, right? But if they have that tendency and they don't adjust from that and they're still trying to play, like – you know, scaling two core comps over and over and over again. I think that's a way to get punished really hard in the current state of the game. Now, who the hell knows if it stays that way, but like right now, I don't think that's what you want to be doing, right? Like I really don't think that's what you want to be doing. So I'm kind of, I'm with you, John, like I'm less so like in the case of like regression and more so just that I think they're what they like doing. It's not particularly good for them right now. Whereas a team like, you know, uh, like orange or like, not RNG, like JDG, I think get a, a bump. I think a couple of these mid table teams actually get a bump too. Um, top, it's weird. Like I, for me, it's for me, it's like FPX top. Uh, top, it's question questionable depending on like if three six nine is actually going to play or not. Like I don't know what's going on with that whole situation. Uh, if he does, I think it's FPX top and probably RNG. And then for me, like. They're like just the cream of the crop to me, and the rest is kind of like anyone's ball game. Like I think you can make cases for everyone. I don't particularly have any of them in an order after that. It's it's all kind of nebulous to me. So, uh, because of that, you have to kind of look at these on a team by team or game by game basis. Like Matt, you can look at matchups. You can look at who's in good form recently. You can, you know, you're really going to have to dissect some of these top nine matchups because they're they're going to be really really interesting. And I think. More often than not, we're going to end up playing underdogs in these spots. So, um, are we all on uh, WE here? Chris, you on WE? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm probably a popcorn, but I think either side is reasonable. Yeah. All right. Uh, Friday, we've got LEC uh, opening day. So, uh, I'm assuming they're doing an LEC LCS slate for Friday. Uh, So, we'll have... (laughs) <laughs> opening up with a banger. A uh, lot of 
interesting matchup. So we got G2, short dogs, minus 103 against Mad Lions, minus 117. They had to start us off with that one, huh? Yeah, right. Exactly. That was my first thought. I was like, God damn it. Like, This has like so many things going into it because we're hearing not great things about G2 and scrims. But at the same time, this is the same situation we just talked about with a team coming back from an international event and another team having time to prepare for them. And it's G2 who, I mean, if somebody is going to really prepare to humiliate their opponents, it's got to be G2 versus the team that won the LEC yeah. last split. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so many things, so many things going into this game. It's uh, it's hard to say exactly where to go, but I feel like I'm going to end up on G2. It, it, I just – I struggle. I think legitimately, for me, the only advantage that I would potentially give Mad, like position by position, is literally jungle. And, like, I, don't, I can't find another that I'd be confident in. I think there's arguments that could be made that Kaiser is, is potentially surpassed Mickey X, but I don't know. And, and like, it feels like the, the, the way that Mad has been winning a lot of times – has been via dominance in the top lane from Armut, uh, just pop off performances, especially on his Wukong. And the but like wonders, heads. <laughs> yeah, and, but like wonder is like the the guy that's just like, hey, I really don't care what you're gonna play. I'm just gonna neutralize it with whatever the hell I feel like that day. He's like, I'll play Lulu, I'll play Soraka, I'll play Dude, Karma. Like he doesn't care. This meta you know? game is is so good for a team like G2. It, yeah, it, that's the thing. The thing absolutely. is like. Maybe they're just not that much better than everyone anymore. Like that that's like I think regardless of how like what happens in this match, you're gonna feel stupid about it. Like regardless of which side you're on, you're gonna feel like an idiot. Like Mad could come in and just completely trounce and like later on in the season, you know, G two's gonna finish in like third or fourth place and you're gonna be like, Wow, I didn't bet Mad Lions minus one seventeen on day one, I feel like a moron, right? Or you could look at G2 and G2 win the split, and you're going to be like, wow, I could get G2 at even money on day one. Why didn't I do that? What an idiot, right? Like, there's, I feel like there's no... It, it's Does just, your buck it's, have kill totals posted for, like, uh, an over? Yeah, I'd assume it's up in the high, upper 20s, probably like 27 and a half or something. Mine doesn't have them, so... I'm going to pull it up real fast. We've got, but if it's uh, anything below 25 by chance, I think that's a pretty nice over bet. Uh, 28 and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's getting a little high where it's tough, but I can definitely see whoever wins this game having 20-plus kills, and it's hard to say that the other team wouldn't at least have seven or eight if that happens, you know? Yeah, it's kind of... But it feels a little bit too high to bet, but but yeah, I think it could be a bloody game for sure. Yeah, it should be, should be interesting. I, I, I you, you know, this is the most time G2 have had off, like, basically ever, so you know they're going to have something saucy cooked up. Um, yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna have nothing on this game. Just watch and feel, and try to avoid feeling like an idiot. Like John, when you left, I was saying like no matter who you pick in this, like there's a good chance that like five weeks from now you just feel like an idiot about this game, regardless of the side. Like there's a reasonable chance that you feel dumb on either side of it. So I think that's true. I still think I'm definitely gonna bet G2. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you have a you have a uh, a, a preference in this one? I'm leaning G2 as well. Like you guys already given all the reasons, right? This is yeah. a team that has a time to prepare. They brought in a new coach. Scrims, I'm just gonna consider that they're just trying things out or just whatnot. Doesn't that doesn't affect my um, outlook for this game? They probably are looking forward to this game a lot because of the way that they uh, did not make playoffs, and it's always fun to watch the rematch of Madden G2 lately. 
All right. Um, yeah, should be a good game. Astralis minus 114. Slight favorites over SK Gaming minus 106. Just to reiterate again, Blue is not playing for SK. It's going to be two, two hours, I guess is how you say it. Um, Astralis bring in Magi Felix. I don't know. I, I, I feel I like, like the bottom yeah, of the table in the LEC, I'm kind of just going to play wait and see. I'm, uh, this is another potential pick of the week for me. I like a lot of lines this weekend. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Astralis in the spot. I think SK's like a, just a dumpster fire with yeah. moving support to jungle, having yeah. Jezzes playing support. I mean, I think they got a lot of things. And yeah. I think if Astralis they're going to be said, good, if they're going to be good, it's not going to be right away. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, this feel and, I, and there has to be backstage issues with that team as well. Just like I mean. They don't necessarily have to be like mad at each other, but they've got to be like there's got to be some lower confidence, some confusion, some things going on backstage with that team yeah. too. Astralis with a with a off season off, I like Astralis here quite a bit. Yeah, I I, I like Astralis. Yeah, it's actually really funny. I think SK is a hammer in this spot. Really? All right. Yeah. So let's I, th- I think I just I just think that those moves are going to be vastly overrated, and Astralis was bit, just bad. Like people, I, I think people are going to forget that people Astralis wasn't very good. They competed a little bit, uh, but they don't really have a calling card. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I'm all about it. I'm all about the the role swaps. Like, again, these these moves aren't made lightly, right? Teams yeah. are doing what they think is the best way for them to win. And it, in this case, like, they thought this was the best way for them to win game. I don't I don't have SK, you know, necessarily making the playoffs or anything, but I, just, I have Astralis in, like, a special tier of bad. But I, this I think was clearly, like, bot lane is... This wasn't like they sat all their coaches and GMs down and they were like, what's the best way for us to win? This was like things fell through two weeks before the season we're supposed to start, and they were like, how can we salvage this into something? I wish I could be like, a, this fly. Was not like I a, wish I could be a fly on the wall because it 100% appears the way John is saying. Like, It definitely well, it, looks that way. Maybe it's not. Mean. Maybe they've been playing with this for a month. And they just like I don't think they somebody. I don't think they sat down two weeks before the season started and were like I think the we have all these options but the best thing we can do is move treats to jungle and put Jezus in its support like this I think is they like did though because I think that was probably made after like tryouts and scrims of, of players if that's what you mean yeah, that, you that's they the didn't thing have time to know, try right? out yeah I'm saying I don't think they had t- like enough gotcha. time to get a fully okay. fleshed plan like uh, the, yeah. I think that if they in a miracle world I think they would have done something significantly different from what they did mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it does kind of feel like a situation where there was personalities and something bubbled. I mean, maybe something like what we saw in the LCS. Something bubbled over and it flipped a switch. Hey, we have to make this change and, and we're short time. And on the short time, this is, you know, what we have as the best iteration of our roster. But I don't know. I, I think that this is a team that we saw them last year or last split specifically. Their coaching staff just always had a consistent game plan. And that's something I always like to see. Yeah. So. I'm, I, and I think like Treats was always really good at finding engages from support, and it really sucks to see him lo- leave that role. But I don't know. I think that uh, moving them down that far to to barely favorite against Astralis is a little bit of a, a steep adjustment. Yeah, for me. I, th- I think the the challenge with this sort of situation is that we don't know the timetable, right? Like, there's a very reasonable chance that they made this move when the season ended, and we just did not. It, there wasn't an official announcement or anything until you know two weeks ago. We don't. I mean, it very I well. Know, their video from their coaching staff definitely did not sound like. This I, I agree. I agree make. with you, but like, you know, I, I unless I'm there and I know, like, we have to kind of speculate on that. But I, I, I do think like that's the most likely situation is that something happened, uh, maybe character, you know, personalities clashed or something along those lines. So, I am not very 
strong on SK Gaming. Uh, I'm not particularly strong on Astralis either, but I, I, I think I do like Astralis in this spot. I think SK could get it together by, by midseason, though. Like, I, I am open to these moves actually being good for them. Like, it could work out fine, but I kind of want to see it first. Sure, sure, Josh. I saw your comment in the chat there, but I mean, Bjergsen and Jezus, that's the comparisons we're making? Bjergsen. No, no, I'm just saying, Jezus, I don't think Kevin knows who Jezus is, because I don't think he oh, ever okay. saw him play. Jezus was not, Jezus it's was not like he wasn't player. a pro player. He was a, pretty, uh, he's a, he's a he, former pro. He, he played decent. for a long time, too. He did. So. I just think the last time He, he wasn't him. that level. I'm just, I just yeah. mean in terms of, like, he was recently an employed professional League of Legends player. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh. Chris, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm taking the same approach you are, Vince. Just to wait and see if with the bottom of the team of the LEC. I know a lot of negative sentiment is going on SK right now. It might just be overriding some of the... Uh, and we'll, this will probably take me some time to kind of go um, position by position to see how this works. We've never seen Treats play jungle. We have That's a big unknown yeah. for us, right? And Hedge Felix, last time we saw him... Eh? <laughs> He was fine. He was fine. That's that's all I can get for him. He was. I fine. do think. I do think the team overall just got better. Mm-hmm. Like in, I don't think it was because he came in. And I, I, I made mm-hmm. a really, really strong point about this. I like if you just like look, the outer lanes just stopped getting their shit kicked in every game. Like, mm-hmm. like that. Like, I'm not. I'm. You. I'm. I'm. People always point to me like, oh, he's just a nuke duck truther or whatever. Like, no. Like, watch the games. Their side lanes were just getting their shit kicked in every single game. And then Magi Felix came in, and that stopped happening. Maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe they just got better over the course of the season, right? But I, Magi Felix was good. He played. He was fine. I think um, he'll get that label. Magi Felix is a KDA player. Yeah. Well, no, here's the other thing: is like I think everyone's just going to draw that direct comparison, and I don't think you should do that necessarily. Uh, but um, I anyway. will say too: I think the, if the bot lane stop, the problem is I just don't trust Promise you at all. Yeah, no, that's my main problem with Astralis. Makes a lot of sense. So if he plays better, they could be better. For sure. Um, Zanzar is going to be really fun to watch in this meta game too. He's going to be able to do some cool shit. Um, Rogue minus three ninety five against XL plus three hundred two. This feels like an XL bet, right? I missed the show last week, but I got something I have to say about XL. Yeah. So I thought that this was one of the worst like roster moves ever to bring to. To, to take out Chekolad and bring in Nuke Duck, but people are vastly underrating XL. Like, I mean, I know I they weren't that good. I, I don't know they, they weren't that good last split, but, like, this doesn't, like, tank their team. Like, in theory, yep. they should be getting better. They're, like, younger guys that needed time to build up stuff together. They should be better this split. And, like, just because I don't like this move, like, I really don't like this move, but just because they switched from Chekolad to Nuke Duck doesn't mean they're, like, going to a 10th place team automatically. Yep. Like, I just noticed in, like, the season longs, like, people avoided XL like the plague. They took Astralis players, SK players, everybody over XL players. I don't know. I think XL is going to be, like, fine. I don't think they're going to be competing to win the league. I think they'll be all right, like, seventh or something like that. So, I don't know. I think I just feel like people are overrating, like, underrating them because of the Nuke Duck switch. He's not going to kill the team by himself, you know? Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. Like, I think, I think right now, like, today, this is an upgrade. Whether yeah, you I, I whether think you think it's good for the organization or not, like I, I think right now we don't need to think about that because like we're just looking at the numbers here, right? I like, think it's like a side grade right now. Yeah, like I, I think XR just the, the market's really really hammered this. Like I have no idea why. Like everyone just like completely is dumping on this team, and I agree with you. Like they're not they might not even make playoffs, right? 
But I do think they're going to be a team that's going to make us some money this season betting on them as underdogs because the price is just outrageous at this point. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Uh, that's, that's actually pretty funny I saw it on Twitter. But, yeah, I, I, I hard agree, actually. Uh, I think – I, yeah, I think it's frustrating from a team-building perspective. We like to see these organizations try to commit to a rebuild and go with it. Uh, and and they're not doing that anymore, but I do think it makes sense. I, I actually think it could be good short-term. Uh, and I, I think it's just people are just going to say that, Vince, just because Nuke Duck's literally just because he's older than yeah, Chuck Ladd, right? So, yeah, Denick, I, I don't think, like Denick, too. Like, don't forget that angle. That, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. When you take away Torrey, I think that's addition by subtraction for me. So Which, it's that. so weird because he was that lane. They were so good. I don't know what happened or if people like maybe the league just figured them out. Like maybe they were just doing something and they had like a like a special move or some shit. And, and the, the rest of the league figured out like, oh, I know what you're on about now. And that was it. And it just I find it hard to believe that that's the case. But maybe like I, I don't know what yeah. happened to them. Patrick and Tori were good when the rest of the team wasn't. And then when they got some other talent where maybe yeah, they could have shined, so they, they fell apart like. Um. Yeah, uh, XL are going to be especially for the first couple of weeks. Like, if they win a couple games, then you know maybe the market's like, oh shit, we were wrong about this, and and it adjusts again, and then you can go back to doing whatever. But like the some of the prices on XL to open the season, I think are are pretty bad. Like they're just they're being undervalued. Um. That's it. Rogue probably win this, but this is a big number on day one in a volatile meta game. So I just I I like taking XL here. Uh, Vitality minus 128, Shalka plus 106. All right, so we have to – it's kind of an elephant in the room, I guess. Uh, Vitality, I think we're – are we unanimously pretty bullish on this team? Yeah, yeah, pretty bullish, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. They're being priced appropriately, I think. I think this – not this specific game, but I think the rest of – if you, like, look at the rest of the weekend, I actually think that they're being priced, like – fairly appropriately i think in general they have them about fourth which is probably right yeah the thing that we got to remember this team is this is very 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 likely to be a highly volatile team i agree uh so and this so could easily turn into a complete dumpster fire like mm, after the first similar weekend. To, i think it's going to be similar to how uh vince i think how you approach eg and in, in that it's going to be hard to bet that bet on them as heavy favorites but really good spots to bet on them when they're underdogs yeah. i think that's going to be a very similar approach with this team i think like I think this is a team you could see come out and in the same weekend beat G2 and lose to Astralis slash yeah, exactly, SK. Exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Um, you know, just with the, the additions that they added in, in self-made and leader. Uh, I, I think that this is very likely to be a highly volatile team with probably more ups than downs. But uh, definitely a team I think I wouldn't be afraid to bet underdogs at big numbers against them. Yeah, I just think the reason I wanted to mention that is because a lot of times what happens is – people don't respect that the market has already like factored this in right now we're kind of spoiled because in esports that doesn't always happen which is where we get a lot of our edge right it's like it's not factoring in a lot of the stuff like this right like the the markets aren't quite as liquid but like uh, it's one of these things where it's like okay like people look at like a like a football line it's like oh you know this team's got a crazy home record off of back-to-backs or whatever and they look at like they look at all these different trends and it's like oh this is it this is one of those spots where it's in to think it's naive to think that that's not factored in to the number, right? In esports, that doesn't always happen. I think in this case, there it is being factored in that they've made substantial upgrades or changes, and that a lot of people are are bullish on them. And these numbers have even moved down off openers, so like people are betting into it as well. So I would just caution 
it's good to be like if you have a bull case on something, it's fine. But don't just be like you know slamming you know backing up the dump truck on these just because it's like you think vitality are going to be better. Thinking they're going to be better doesn't mean that the number is a good number always. That said, yeah, in this number, <laughs> God, why could why couldn't this team have Cabochard? Why couldn't we have Cabochard? Oh. Couldn't we have Cabochard? Like would be dope. You know, mom, can we have Cabochard? Like Cabochard at home? SLT? I don't know. Just, uh, <laughs> it seems like they could have had him here. I don't know. I don't know why he's not. But yeah, I do like this number on on Vitality. I'm yeah. bet Vitality. This I is mostly I like. I guess we have to talk about Shock. Where like I was turned into a Vitality podcast, but like Nuclear Rent coming in for Shalka to replace Abadaga. I think Abadaga and Kire too. I forgot about that. Uh, this team doesn't like. This team looks fine to me. Like I don't think they're they're like. Uh, this is definitely not a dumpster fire team. I actually like this roster more than I like, uh, like you know, Eurostralis's and and SK's. I I like them more than SK, um, but I would have them like right around there, I guess. The the middle of the table in the LEC is like so nebulous too. So like it's the opposite of the Eastern leagues, where the middle of the table is what's super interesting because like all these teams have a wide range of outcomes, right? So like generally, like what's our let's t- take the temperature on Schalke here, like. Good, not great. Is that where we're at with them, or are they, or do we think they're worse than that? Yeah, I, I think they're. I think they're good. They're just like I do think this is a downgrade. I, I thought Nuclear Int was a little overrated by people after the EU Masters performance. So I do think he's pretty solid, but I, I didn't think he was like you know a superstar addition. That said, I mean Leader is the same thing. I thought Leader had a pretty bad EU Masters and then got brought in. So I'm not exactly insanely bullish on him either. Uh, but I think Schalke is a fine team. I think they're yeah. they're good. Yeah, my biggest question with Schalke is the jungle because I thought Gilly's like as much so memory as he goes through. I thought he held that team together pretty well, uh, and Kire we just haven't seen in a while. Um, and and when we did see him on Misfits, it was with that leader team, I believe. He was playing jungle when leader was mid for that that iteration of that Misfits roster. Um, He's and been kicking they, around for they, a while. Yeah, they weren't particularly good. So there's a couple of questions there, but it, I mean, it, again, it's it's tough. I wanted to touch on Vinci. I know you mentioned it, but this is it's funny because a lot of times we come into spring and we mention specifically how books haven't adjusted to offseason news. Mm-hmm. But like it's crazy, especially with the LEC, you really see it how these books have really adjusted to this these yeah. mid split moves like crazy. Because you know, they moved SK way down, for example, and Vitality way up. You know, the, they basically swapped those two teams mm-hmm. from where they finished. Um, and that's kind of interesting to see how they're how they're reacting. So um it, it seems like the books are getting a little bit sharper with that type yeah. of stuff, which is interesting. Uh, we all in Vitality here? <laughs> yeah, Vitality 18 and 0 this split. <laughs> Misfits, minus 101. Fnatic, minus 120. Does this feel like an overreaction to you guys? I don't... I, I mean, think Misfits is way overpriced this weekend. I don't know. I uh, so, think they seem way overpriced. Wow. Here's what's weird about this. I, I think Misfits are a candidate for, like, a Mad Lion situation from last year. You've got a combination of things. This is this is a young team that showed well. They fixed a lot of their issues. Like, from a macro standpoint, like, they were a super one-dimensional team, and they became not that, right? They realize you can't just do the same thing every single game. Still have some issues. They're young. You have kids coming into not a, a full sophomore season, but their second season, right? They stayed consistent. They kept the roster together. I think there's a reasonable case that Misfits take another step forward. But 
I also agree that this is like maybe everyone's just freaking out about Fnatic, right? Like, don't they just feel super out talented by Fnatic, though? I think so. I think people are. I, I like. I really do think people are just like full panic mode on like, oh, the Whippo jungle change. This can't be good, right? Like, we're on the grapevines. Whippo's pretty good, and the rest I mean, of the it turns out pretty strong. It turns out, guys. I, <clears throat> let me. I need to enlighten people to something, and like. There's a lot of evidence of, of this over the years, and for some reason, people still just go back to the well on this. Maybe because it, you can form page views with it. I don't know, but like, good players are good players. It might take them a little bit of time to adjust to something new, but generally speaking, good players, particularly very smart players, doesn't matter. They can play whatever. All these people play multiple roles in solo queue. It's not like they're not. I mean, obviously, solo queue is different, but like. To think Fnatic would have did this without considering it, like I know we give we've talked about this a couple times on this episode, right? Like we give coaches shit all the time, but like it's not like they're going to make this decision lightly, right? Yeah, this is different than like the NBA, like NFL too. It's not like they're taking an offensive lineman that's never played quarterback before and making yeah. him a quarterback. A lot like of all the these guys are play, the same. and all these guys play solo queue, and they've all played every role a million times in solo queue. It's not like they've never played jungle before, and they're just going to slot him into the jungle for no reason. So it's a lot different than like switching it up in other sports mm-hmm. where the guys like have trained one position super hard their entire yeah, life the and never played the other positions there. like, or there's not, not played them. This, yeah, you know? yeah. So it's a lot easier to transition in league than to transition in a lot of the traditional sports. Uh, that said, I I do think that these teams are probably pretty close to even. So I'm probably going to not have a side in this match. Fnatic were not that good in spring. Maybe they upgrades them, though? What do you think, Chris? Go ahead. They weren't great, but they still, like, when they had their good games, they looked like they could beat just about anyone besides G2 and Rogue at that point. Yeah. And so I, I'm surprised that the line opened with, like, almost even. I thought a Misfit would have come in as a big dog or at least a plus money. So yeah. I'm, I'm confused. I'm just going to say it, boys. There's been a wide PR campaign on Twitter to make it act like self-made is a hero who was done wrong by, but we've heard self-made has a history of being a problem yep. his entire career before Fnatic as well. And so I'm not saying for sure that he was a problem, but it might be a good thing that they don't have self-made anymore yeah. and that Whippo's in the jungle. Like just from a team, I'm not talking about skill-wise, self-made was a good jungler skill-wise. Yeah. It was like from a team atmosphere point of view and like everybody getting along and the, the team cohesion, a lot of the problems they had in spring were because they had no cohesion at all. Mm-hmm. Like the team was just on different pages all the time. Not having self-made might be good for that. Yeah. So uh, they, they might get better this split having Whippo in the jungle and Adam in the top lane. Who was it? Um, we, we were talking about this last week. Who, who, Josh, do you remember who it was that they came out with the, uh, they did an interview and basically said that like, that's like the most underrated thing by like people outside of the space, right? Like, or people that outside of like the know, like How about Invictus teams? Gaming winning worlds? That was all you needed to see to power know that that was the, right? like yeah that the power of friendship was what really matters. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know again like what was going on, but you're right. Like, there's a history of this, and I, I can't remember who it was last week, but they did an interview where they were like talking about this, and like you're seeing these people every day. If you're not getting quality practice, it doesn't matter how good you are. Period. Right? Like, so that's a di- oh, I think it was a uh, uh, it was Lost talking about TSM. I think. Is, if I remember correctly, he was talking about how like they're having great practice. They feel really good. They all get along. They 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 hang out and play afterwards, like not because they have to, because it's like team building activities, but because they want to, like that kind of thing. Like he's like that kind of stuff adds up. It's easier to communicate. Anytime anybody has an issue with something, it's a lot easier to talk about. There's less tension there. Uh, 
So, like, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. I can't remember. I have to find it. But there is a chance just imagine. that it just, this just fixes a lot of Fnatic's problems. Because Fnatic's problems last split were not individuals, right? Like, individually, yeah. they were fine. The problem was everything else. Like, they just were playing solo queue, and sometimes they'd shit-stomp people, and other times they looked like idiots. Just think about, like, think about yourself as, like, a 19-year-old or, like, you know, somewhere in that in that range, and you, this guy you have to work on a group project with is someone that you feel like screwed you out of winning a prize in the last group project. Like they're 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 you know for the most part late teens or early twenty something dudes. If you feel like you know your top laner keeps screwing you, of course like prod like the practice is going to be worse, and of course your communication is going to be worse. Look at people in solo queue. I mean, like you feel like your top laner screwing you in solo queue. This isn't quite the same thing, but I mean they're going to be. Of course, things are going to be worse if the, if there's like the team's not you know feeling like they're gelled together. So, there's very few cases in the history of League of successful teams that had openly clear issues with this kind of stuff. Like the, I think the most glaring one was Samsung White, but if you talk to if you watch interviews from back then, like they had a very businessy dynamic to them where it was just like, look, we don't talk to each other outside of this. We show up to the office and we play, and that's a very rare thing for people this age. And I think that was an isolated incident where you just had five of the best players on the planet and it just came together in just the right way and they were so much better than everyone that it worked. But generally speaking, you know, you're, they're spending a lot of hours, a lot, a lot of hours together and, you know, any kind of vitriol can add up, right? So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think one of the biggest things too there is just getting Whippo and Hilly able to work together easier yeah. from the jungle. We've heard time and time again that it's always, some sort of calm disconnect between Bupo and Hilly wanting to fight. The other rest of the team saying, yeah, maybe we shouldn't take this, et cetera, et cetera. That's why they got rid of Reckless, why they got rid of Nemesis. Seems like maybe why they got rid of Selfman. All of a sudden, this seems real fluid, right? Right. You put one of them in the jungle, and now they can, you know, everyone knows jungle support duo up in the mid game, and then they go and look for plays. And hey, you know, maybe that just helps propel them. They can decide what they want to do better. Those two are now going to be the true leaders in the communications and, and make some play. So I think this, yeah, I think this way better into that kind of team as well. Yeah. Like, and I think this game is, I, I think this, this line, like I said, I think misfits overpriced a little bit all weekend, but I think that this line specifically a uh, big, big fanatic fan on that, on that line. Yeah. I, I agree. I guess I, I just, I, I, maybe I respect misfits a little too much that I'm probably just going to wait and see. Like it feels like a fanatic bet, but I actually think misfits are going to be pretty good. So, um, I would like lean fanatic and just wait and see, I guess. Uh, LCS. Uh, Friday night, we've got TSM minus 161 against 100 Thieves plus 121. Man, it's hard to bet against TSM right now, they but this so line seems right off. Now, I agree with you. Like It's so tough. like Because it, it seems like this is a, sla- a snap 100 Thieves bet to me, and you guys know how hesitant I am to ever bet on them. But TSM, like, god dang, man. It's so hard right to want to bet against them right now. They look good. We've had some some episodes of the Gold Card podcast where I really strained to find a bet that I liked, but there's a lot of them this weekend. I do like Hundred Thieves here. Yeah, they had one. I'm glad that they had one really bad game to start the split off because then they've looked very good since yeah. then, and I think that's how they're gonna look for the most part. And so I, I kind of like them here. Yeah, I'm probably gonna bet Hundred Thieves and just not be surprised if TSM is just on something right now. Like they're just they're, they just got it. Like, um. Yeah, I don't think you can really bet TSM unless you're, like, very strongly in the camp of betting current form. But even then, like, 100 Thieves looked fine after that first game. So, like, I think, you just, I think it's like, this is 100 Thieves or nothing. 
Liquid minus 200, Dignitas plus 149. Again, um, Yasui is going to be playing for Saligo in this one. Liquid looked a little uh, a little off kilter. Uh, I thought Jenkins looked pretty like pretty good, but uh, obviously some stuff going on there. Uh, I don't know if this is like a real behind the scenes thing or simply they want to play the academy. Like, I, there's a lot of weird rumors and stuff coming out of Liquid right now, and I don't know what to believe. If 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 Jenkins plays LCS this weekend. Then I think you can be a hundred percent confident that there's major issues, and like I, you're yeah. not going to see you're not going to see Alfari again because Jenkins played Academy. Yeah. So if Jenkins plays LCS too, that means they're not willing to use Alfari anywhere, yeah. which is like a serious like something, Alfari is having a problem on. with the org. Yeah. So I mean, if it was just like we're going to do a quick benching to like let Alfari get caught up, he would be in a, he would be in Academy. So if if Jenkins is playing both, that's yeah, that's a serious disconnect between him and the org for me. All right. So like Liquid with Jenkins in. This is weird because you have switches on both sides. I thought he looked pretty good, personally. Yeah, I think Jenkins is fine. I think their uh, liquid in general hasn't looked great this season so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had that idea. Jenkins may look fine, but he's no Alfari. But if yeah. there's issues, that's a chemistry issue, then not so much talent issue. This could be another situation like that where it's like, okay, like, you know, obviously the talent's there for Alfari, but like. If it makes the team better, that we didn't see that necessarily in week one. I don't think. I think Liquid have Liquid just looked a little bit slow, like sluggish. I don't know. Maybe it's just rust. Maybe they're the meta is not. I don't think this meta is very good for what they like doing generally. But uh, it also wouldn't surprise me at all to see them make some pretty easy adaptations to the first week, and they just come out and smash, and we're like, oh, never mind. It was just a weird week one, you know. <laughs> like I do kind of agree with the chat. I think Core JJ looked looked. Maybe a step back, but still pretty good. I thought Tactical didn't look great, and I thought Santorin did not look good. Yeah. Jensen, I actually thought had a really good weekend. I thought yeah. Jensen looked uh, looked kind of smashing. Yeah, they they just, I didn't they think just it looked was, weird. Uh, they just like they didn't look sharp. Is basically it. Like they're fine, but I didn't think it was a Jensen issue. That's basically what I'm getting at. Or uh, yeah. I didn't think it was a Jenkins issue. I didn't think it was like oh no, Jenkins they'll never be able to win. Yeah, it was a team issue. I think. Um, just quickly, I think Tactical was the one that stood out to me as the problem most problematic one. Did not like how he played. So are we? That said, like the, this dignitas, right? Like this is the this is the okay, like regression candidate, and they're trying Yasui. Like, I think I'm just popcorning it. I think I'm going to wait on this one. Yeah, this seems fairly. Pro- I think there's enough variables here that I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. Um, EG minus one twenty two. Immortals minus one oh eight. Immortals look very very good. Uh, that said. All right. Immortals looked good. They had a great weekend. Uh, I think, obviously, when you have a situation like this, the the first gut instinct is, okay, overreaction. They're going to be overpriced next week. Go back the other way. You know, sell high, right? But they looked really good. They look really confident. E.G., (laughs) not not a very flattering first weekend for them. Lost me a lot of money. I'm a little salty about that, but, you know. Dude, this is disgusting that I'm becoming the EG apologist, but, like, can we just... They were ahead in every game. Yeah. How consistent do we think teams throwing these late-game situations are? Because I, I feel like it's I'm a thing you. where you go EG, back in film review and you're like, hey, just don't, just, just don't do this, idiot. How right? about you don't be a moron? This is my, you case. Know what I mean? like, this is I my case for Sandbox and Afrika. Yeah. 
like but in, I, in the LCK. Like I, I mean, I don't know. I, I that's just like I. This is cheap. I, but the thing is, the thing is, I said the things. I said the same thing about C9 and MSI, and then they came out and got smashed. So I could just have no idea. But it just seems like so crazy that teams can blow 5K gold leads back to back to back. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe that's a sign. I just, it's just tough for me to handicap, but it feels like, golly, if you're going to tell me that a team's going to have a 5K gold lead at 20 minutes, I I want to be on that the team, thing, but I don't like, know, man. It's so frustrating because, like, I generally agree with you. Like, I just I, – like, I'll – I chalk it up to variance, and sometimes that shit happens. Obviously, you need to consider if a team has a history of it and a history of making boneheaded macro decisions. You have to factor that in. This was Vitality last season, right? Like, you can kind of do both, I think, and find a middle ground. So, like, in these kind of cases, like, how what have we been saying for so long now? Like, we don't want EG as big favorites. We want EG as dogs or short favorites, right? Like, and this is as good as Immortals looked – this is really, really cheap if you just look at the body of work for these two teams. This is cheap price for EG. Yeah, I mean, I want to bet against the Mortals this weekend, but I kind of think their lines are reasonably fair given what we've they seen. They look good. There's, there's one I kind of like for them, but I, yeah, I kind of feel like the the book kind of has priced them reasonably appropriately. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to end up betting EG here. But I'm not 100% sure. Like, I think this line's kind of reasonable given what we've seen from the two teams so yeah. far this split. I just think it's a – like, I don't think this is like, oh, EG should be minus 250. I think this is just cheap as in, like, maybe EG should be minus 150 here or something and just take a good price on it, right? Um, I also – like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, going into the season, I had Immortals kind of characterized as as similar to, um, like, Misfits in Europe where I'm expecting them. They kept everything together. They were – they're a young team. They did improve. They showed some things that they need to work on. They also showed a lot of things that they did well, and they punched up a couple times last season. So I, I think they're going to be one of these like slow progression teams, and I expect them to be better in summer too. So I kind of was like, I was, I was not all that shocked that they, they three would last weekend. Like I was I shocked they, they looked very, I thought they looked very, very good, but I wasn't surprised that like I wouldn't have been surprised at a three or a two one. Yeah, I, I still was not expecting a lot from them coming into this split, but given a couple things that we've seen in week one, I am upgrading them a little bit. Not just yeah. them, but like some of the other teams did not look as good, like we'll talk about in a second here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, th- I do think uh, Immortals is a little better than I gave them in my preseason ranking video for sure. All right. Golden Guardians, plus 127. CLG, minus 169. CLG, not a good week one. Straight yeah, I'm really sad, really sad about CLG because my, I did my preseason video. And then I talked to a bunch of people, and the general consensus was that CLG is really struggling behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, the general consensus was that the those guys are not, for the most part, getting along. People are not happy in that roster, and they looked like it week one. Um, yeah, so data sorts. Yeah, they they didn't. They looked like the communication wasn't really there, and it, the biggest problem for me is that it was mixed. Like some of the games, some things went wrong, and other game and the other games, other things went wrong, Completely and it didn't. Things, yeah. It didn't feel like it was like, oh, this is the clear problem you can go fix. Like in the off week, that said, I mean, I think Golden Guardians is is not very good, and I think CLG is probably still a favorite, but I'm not going to bet CLG here. Yeah. Look, I think we were all on Golden Guardians in the in that upset spot just because the number was ridiculous. But you can't you can't get enamored with a team just because they won you a bunch of money, right? Like. They came right back. They turned right back into a pumpkin the next game, right? Like this wasn't even like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that said, like, 
game's pretty volatile right now. I, I, this is probably just to stay away. Because, like, I, I don't want to back CLG the way they look right now, but it also feels like, okay, this is, like, a reasonable price against Golden Guardians. I don't care who it is. You know, like, that's kind of... What do you think, Josh? I think I'm out on CLG. I'm not, like... Take everything else away. Finn is dead to me. Like, he lost both sides of the GP matchup hard. Like, it wasn't like he barely lost one side. He yeah. got destroyed on both sides. And that, to me, is a very, very, very bad sign for what's to come. And it's not like... And, like, I, Finn was a big reason why I had hope for this team. Because I thought he would be able to put up maybe a top half performance for a top laner in the LCS. And the fact that he came out and looked absolutely awful, I think he was down 50 more CS at like in both spots. Yeah. I don't know, man. That was just really, really scary for me. And it's not like Solo's going to abuse that. He's not a top lane abusing guy, but he'll be able to, to make enough of that advantage if he gets it. Um, so I just, it's a pass for me on both this, sides. This is the whole, the whole thing with any Golden Guardians game is like, Yada, 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 blah, 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 XYZ, ABC, but it's against Golden Guardians. So, like, does that outweigh all the other stuff for you? And you just, like, close, you know, hold your nose and take CLG here because it's against Golden Guardians? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, what Emmerich pointed out in the chat, that was actually my biggest problem, was that Finn looked awful on both sides of that matchup, and then game three, he smashed, and the bot lane just straight ran it down. Yeah. Like, Wild Turtle looked like he was, like, in a solo queue game and angry. And, like, literally was just, like, running yeah. it down in the bot lane. He looks like so, old Wild Turtle. <laughs> so, like, that's my biggest problem. Like, if it was just Finn struggling and the rest of the lanes were doing well, it's like, ah, they can work on it over the weekend or, like, try to motivate Finn or whatever. But then Finn had a great game three, and the bot lane just ran it down. So it's like nobody's nobody's safe from being awful on the, like, on this team. So it's, it's a problem. This is a weird one. It's just stupid counter logic doing counter logic things. In the first game, you let Gwen and Diego go. Just oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> let yeah, them don't, don't forget coaching and, and GM issues as well. Yeah. So We're not going to be seeing can... that very often in any league moving forward, for the record. Like, So you're saying they're playing against Golden Guardians. I think they can just do the same damn crap that allowed them to have the better draft. And they lose. All right. Uh, all right. So final answers. Where you at on this one, John? I'm going to pass on this game, I think. Josh? Pass. Chris? Pass. I think I'm going to take CLG and hate myself for it. The Golden Guardians are so bad, dude. Like, I think you're going to see roster substitutions with this team pretty soon. Yeah, I think, you're going to I see think that's changes. possible. I just... I still expect Golden Guardians to like actually learn how to play professional League of Legends. Like, play the pro game. But and they looked a little bit better, but I still think they're they're basically an academy team. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, FlyQuest plus two seventy three, Cloud nine minus four hundred. FlyQuest looks real bad, then real good, then real. You know, like I don't. Cloud nine shook it off after the first one. Looked really really good. Um, I think like I put my money on this one too. Was FlyQuest people had them way overhyped because they were the team that got the Viego Gwen. 
Yeah, I agree. And they, and they won, and then people were just like, FlyQuest look awesome. But, I mean, like, while we were watching that game, what were we saying? We weren't saying, like, oh, John Sutton right? looks – It was against CLG. CLG, that's right, that's right. Uh, we were looking at that game. No one was going, like, man, John Sutton looks much improved in his mechanics. Everyone was saying, look how absurd Viego and Gwen well, look. Well, Keck W, Gwen yeah. and Viego. Yeah, look how keyboard, absurd right? these champions. <laughs> so I still think FlyQuest is probably not going to be great in the split. Uh, a little bit overhyped from the fact that they got that absurd composition. I think FlyQuest is your ninth place team maybe clg now with with what i'm hearing uh I, I, they're your bottom three right i because I, I, th- I think the rest of the teams have at least shown you some semblance of i don't, I don't want to say competency because you know like i think FlyQuest and clg are somewhat baseline competent but uh it, i don't know this is a big number this might just be cloud nine and cloud nine kill spreads i think cloud nine are probably just going to steamroll this team all right. Saturday. I'm going to try. He to just want to pat us on the back. It only took us like an hour and 40 minutes to get through the first day. So good job, everybody. Pat's um, on the back. It was an hour and 11. But uh, we'll, um, we were also giving context to a lot of the stuff because, like, now we have all four of these leagues in motion. So I think now we know we have a context on these teams. We'll, we'll kind of move move forward. Um, Saturday, LCK, we've got Sandbox plus 137 against Nongshim minus 192. So Nongshim play tomorrow morning. And Sandbox lost to Fred Brion in, you know, it was a reasonably competitive series. Brion was just better, I thought. Um, but that's what we have, and we'll know more about Nongshim tomorrow. I think my gut instinct is just take Sandbox here. Don't overreact to the first match. But uh, that could change pretty easily if Nongshim look very, very good. I'm going to be hard-pressed to take Nongshim as this big a favorite until I see more. Like, I think they're going to be a good team, but feels... I have the same instincts as you. It yeah. feels like probably bet sandbox, but I may end up just skipping. I'm definitely not betting Nongshim at minus one ninety two. Yeah. Josh, Chris. Uh, wait and see for me. I'm I'm kind of curious about this roster. I don't feel like this is the final sandbox roster, or maybe I'm mistaken. Some uh, I feel like did they start a player? I think at ADC did they start Prince? Well, he's there. Yeah, he's, they, yeah. They dropped. They dropped all the other AD carries. Last season. I feel like there was another when they, when they brought him in at the end of the season last year, they dropped mm-hmm. Ron Leo, like just outright. Oh. So, well, yeah, Josh. feels like a feels like a sandbox bet, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, uh, they just seem like another yeah, team that just permanently lets you down. Uh, we'll see. Hate him. San, uh, Hama Life plus one ninety four against Gen G minus two seventy. Um, Hama game one against T one was pretty competitive. Game two is not. T1 just completely destroyed them in game two, but uh, game one was competitive. I, this seems heavy-handed for Gen G, but I want to make a case for Gen G because I, I think the way that that team likes to play, this is like a perfect meta game for them too. Like they just want to have in better individual players than you and play that way, and they're good at that kind of thing. And I think they have the tools to do it. So. You know, my gut told me it was like just take Hamwa here, but like I actually think I'm probably going to pass on this. I think Genji are going to come out the gates firing. I have a theory that Hanwa against other top teams is just going to get O2'd. Fade. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I will say I don't know if I necessarily agree with your take, just because I feel like the flexibility aspect that that you harped on earlier in the podcast, I'm not sure that Genji will be able to utilize as heavily. I don't know that BDD was is going to be as good of a melee. Bruiser mid player. He made he made his he made his name as a Zed main. So like, yeah, but 
I, I mean, Zed's not a flag. I, I just mean, like, because I feel like you have to be able to play the Lees, the Sets. Uh, the, I don't know. It just seems a little bit tough. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it's going to be – mid lane is never the reason Hanwell loses anyways. But, uh, I don't know. It, it just feels like that draft flexibility may be a little bit hindered in their case. But I could be wrong there. Yeah, I don't know. I just – I do agree that BDD on set is not something that like inspires confidence for me. Like that's not something that I'm like, oh yeah, BDD on set. Yeah, I could get behind that the same way I would with like a with like Chovy a Dwayne B or, or somebody like that. Yeah, a Chovy even. Dwayne B uh, this morning, Jesus, they, that poor that poor <laughs> that poor rookie Dwayne B and TN Dwayne B and TN were just in his face the entire game this morning. I don't know if you saw that. Like set serious rumble, shout just, out. Whew. Serious shout out for that LWX snipe as well. That was one of the sexiest cool. snipes we've cool. ever seen. That was that was pretty sexy. That was cool. Uh, honestly, I thought I don't mean to get completely derailed here, but I thought I thought Ultra Prime had a pretty good showing this morning. Like even the games they lost, like better than I thought. Yeah, like consider and also uh, Jacques like who is the one getting canned by doing B and TN, he actually dealt with it pretty well. Like it ended up just being too overwhelming. Over after they did it enough times, they eventually broke him. But for the first like twenty minutes, he was fine. Uh, he was actually dealing with it pretty well, making them you know have to spend a lot to make it work. But anyway, back back to this. Hamwa life. Uh, is this a pass or do you guys like Hamwa here? I'm gonna pass. I think I'm probably gonna pass. I... Yeah, Gen G minus one point five is something to consider. Josh, either <laughs> I just hate these bets. I think Gen G minus one and a half probably, but. <laughs> it's either Hanwha Moneyline or Genji minus one half. There's no in between. Yeah. Uh, LPL Saturday, we've got a banger between JDG plus one seventy three against Top Esports minus two thirty eight. Uh, we'll say uh, JDG to win a game is at minus two twenty seven. So, at first glance, this looks super heavy handed, right? Like, like why is Top this favored? Like that was my initial reaction to it. I didn't have anything to follow up on that. <laughs> I was just kind that of was, it's both my initial reaction and my current reaction. Yeah. I think if if would you guys have JDG pretty much up there in the top S minus or maybe S tier? I'm less bullish on JDG than John is, but I think John's also very bullish. Like I'm not saying I don't like JDG. I just think right. I mean I, if I you have to too heavy handed on top. Like I'm not betting top here. Like, right, if you have JDG up there along with the top, or maybe just this tier below, then this looks really heavy-handed, like yeah. the discrepancy. But if you have it, like, maybe, or maybe, well, I thought I was along the same line as you, Gelati, that I thought that JDG wasn't exactly S tier, maybe A tier, A minus. And so for me, this line looks close. close. I think, like, coming into a new season, you should always give all your teams a range of outcomes, like, it's somewhere in the range of where you thought they were going to be. So if you think they're a nine, you should be willing to accept that they might come in as a 10 and they might yeah. come in as a seven and a half, you know, like some range of outcomes. Yeah. And I think it's hard not to have JDG in top in range of outcomes areas where JDG is better. Like it's not necessarily that JDG is going to come in better for sure, but just that, that that should be in your range of outcomes that JDG is better than top. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, it should be in your range of outcomes that JDG and top are pretty close to each other. And so coming in at plus one seventy three, I think there's too many there's too many possible outcomes where JDG is better or equal to or right around top esports to not bet them at plus yeah, one. Like just just for some context, people like this is a seventy percent implied odds for uh, for top esports. Like 
I think this is like way more like a sixty forty or like, and that's if you're like the the other thing is we're not even talking about is like the three six nine situation, right? Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, King Tiang or whatever. Uh, I think it's King. I'm gonna look it up real fast so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, who was it? It's just too common that teams come in during a split and don't and are not the team you thought they were. Especially like, like in the first two weeks, degree, so it doesn't exactly. necessarily matter. Like, yeah, and so I, I, I think you just have to, you have to bet JDG here. I think like you really have to be relying on not only top esports being better than JDG, but you have to be pretty sure about it to be like to not bet JDG in this time. I think, yeah. and I think it's just too it's too early in the season for you to be sure that to you, the top esports is going to be this much better yeah. than like JDG. May, like maybe they end up that way, but like I I, I can't justify back them in week one here. Like, and like I, you know, I'll just do it right here on the show too, just just for just to see how this ends up looking, just because I'm curious now. Like, even if you just go, like, by a model statistically, based on last season, right? Even if you go based on that, this is going to be more like, you know, like a minus 190. And top were a ridiculous statistical performer last season. So, like, even by those standards, assuming you have the exact form of these two teams from last season, this is overpricing for top. And you should be backing JDG. So, if you assume, you know, add another wrinkle of variance, you have a new top laner. Add another wrinkle of variance that, you know, it's week one in a highly volatile metagame. Add another wrinkle of variance that maybe JDG take a step forward. Like, everything adds up. You just, like, I think you just have to take JDG here. Like, even if you don't necessarily think that's going to be how it ends up. So, are we on JDG across the board? I am. And that should mean something, by the way, because I, I think I've been probably more bearish on this team than anybody I know. And I'm still going to be on JDG here. Um, another interesting one. It, Saturday, Friday and Saturday have good matches in the Eastern Leagues. So There's we, so many games I like and want to bet yeah. this weekend. So we have Invictus plus 159 against EDG, minus 217. We'll say Invictus to take a game is at minus 192. EDG to sweeps, plus 143. Invictus. Similar logic. Yep. I like Invictus too. I said coming into the season that I thought that this team might look better without the Shy, even though the Shy is more talented. Uh, I think, uh, I think that doing a stylistic change up for this team could be better for them and they could end up looking better, even though the Shy, like I say, is super talented. Um, and I, like I said, I think EDG has some room to step backwards possibly this split. Uh, I have a hard time not taking Invictus at to, plus one. To me, I, to me, this is simpler in that, like, I, I just think stylistically, even if the Shy is, like, even if the Shy plays, like I like that. I'm not, I'm honestly not even factoring that. I'm just trying to look at the whole team as a whole because I don't think it entirely changed the complexion of this team, right? Like I'm not going to judge on one match that they look like a completely different team, you know. Like I, I mostly just think like it's a the price is super heavy. First, I would have bet Invictus at this last season. Like, would you have bet Invictus at this number last season? Like, if you know, week nine or something. It would have been pretty close. I yeah. will say though, I don't think this is a situation where you can be like, regardless of whether the shy is there or not. Like, I think this is a situation where there's absolutely going to automatically be a huge difference whether he's there or not. Like, you're just never going to see the backup top laner play Quinn top and Callista top, and you're just never going to see their backup top laner play the same way that the shy plays. He's not a player that anybody else plays like, and so it's not like switching, you know. Yeah from lost to tactical in the LCS. Like yeah. those guys are going to play the same way regardless, but nobody is going to play the way the shy plays. So the team is going to look vastly different, whether he like, depending on whether he plays. Okay. That's reasonable. I think uh, to, to me, this is more like I would have did this at this number last season. 
I think EDG are going to have a tough time playing the way that they did last season unless they make some adjustments. And we saw them kind of struggle a little bit with Billy Billy the other day. Was it Billy Billy, right? Yep. All right. Like, I, I just think it's too heavy-handed. Like, EDG might end up still being a better team, but, uh, yeah. I think I'm on EDG minus one and a half. I don't know why. I, I think I'm just at all just you guys about EGG. I think John's comments earlier ring true with me about it being an 80 carry and top lane focused meta. And I just don't think that either of those positions is better for IG specifically. Um, and I think that a lot of what rookie can do, this, that scout can really neutralize in the mid lane. So I just struggle to find any advantages for IG in this spot. So I, I think it's EDG minus one and a half for me. That's reasonable. Um, Did the oh. absence of the shy make the Invictus game bettable for you, Josh? Ah, shit. Never mind. <laughs> uh, next, no comment. I mean, no, can we cut? Vince, we gotta cut that. We need timestamp. Cut that. I never said it. Um, Get me out. LEC on Saturday, we've got Misfits minus 211, SK Gaming plus 171. Really heavy-handed for week one. I like Misfits a lot, but this is... I like Misfits a lot, and I'm not quite as strong on SK, but, like, this feels for week one, like, like, this this could be, like, minus 130 after Friday. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. It could be, or it could be minus 300, right? I don't, like, I, I would lean to Misfits, but it just feels rich, right? How do you, is, since when is Misfit minus 200 against anyone in a best of one? I just can't fathom that. It, as, as terrible as the bottom team of LEC can be. I don't think Misfit is too far off themselves. Like, they may be telling. You want to you want to cook in some like if you're like me and you believe in progression to some extent for Misfits, you want to cook some of that into your interpretation of this. So like I do want to give them a slight bump because I do think they're going to be better, but this is this is too far, right? SK to me, this here? is like to me this is like seven versus nine. In my power rankings, so like I'm not paying minus 200 for that. Yeah, uh, just, no give me SK I'm, or nothing. Yeah, no yeah. chance I'm betting misfits. I'm either betting yeah. SK or not betting the game. Yeah, I'm, I think I based agree. on Friday, I'll I'll decide if I want to bet SK in this spot. If they win, I probably will. Australis plus 129, Excel minus 157. It's kind of interesting. Seems like an Excel bet to me. Again, I think Australis. I, I don't know. I I don't think Australis is is very good. It, it I feels, like Excel here too. It feels terrible betting Excel as a favorite, but like, I think it's right here. I don't like Astralis. I just think SK is probably going to be worse. Yeah, I'll take Excel here. Rogue minus two eighty one, Vitality plus two twenty two. So another get, another thing. situation in in my power rankings. Like this is like four versus two. I I just struggle to pay a minus two eighty one for. Four versus two. I do think that there is you could make the case that there's a huge cutoff, like a huge tier drop off from the top two or three, where whoever you have in your top tier, I have it more like a top two and a half. Like I think G two depends like what form we see, but uh, either way, this is pretty heavy handed for week one. Like it's very reasonable that Rogue just come out not looking good in week one, or maybe this is a bad meta game for them or something, but. I think no I think chance you, I'm betting Rogue. Yeah, there's no chance I bet Rogue here, and and you guys know I'm about as bullish on that team as anybody. So I'm probably going to be on Vitality here. Yeah, this is the same thing. Vitality. This is, a, this, is a, this is a this is like a way to die, right? Like it just feels like you know there's enough upset potential here in Week One to to like this is when you're going to want to do it. I think so. 
G2 minus 154, Schalke plus 126. So does this tell us that the books are super bullish on Schalke? Because yes. they're like Schalke versus Vitality in week one is kind of a weird line. They're very, bullish, day on, one, is they're very bullish on Schalke because G2 are still favored to win the split in futures. Yeah, so they, they just have to be super over bullish on Schalke. It feels like a pretty auto bet on G2 to be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm with that. I know Kev, Kev Kev's pointed this out like three days ago. I know Kev's always looking ahead at the G2 lines. And he he pointed this out in the Discord a couple days ago. He's like, "This feels like taking candy, right? Like this is." Um. So congratulations to Schalke betters. Yeah, exactly. every time it feels exactly, like taking right? candy, it's an auto loss. So. Um, Mad Lions minus two ninety, Fnatic plus two twenty nine is a, another again like just too far, right? Yep, same thing. Definitely not betting Mad Lions. Yeah, might consider Fnatic. I'm probably gonna bet Fnatic here. Um. Anything else in Europe Saturday? Grats to the winners, right? We gotta, we gotta do. Yeah, gra- grats, grats to the winners. Grats, grats to the Mad Lions Schalke lineups in DFS. Grats people, to you people, guys. People have money for dogs this week, right? That's what yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of the episode. <laughs> money for dogs, right? Uh, Saturday in the LCS, we've got hundred thieves minus five fifty six against Golden Guardians plus three fifty three. If you want to play this, like play a tower total under or like. If you want to get saucy and play a kill, I, I wouldn't necessarily always play the kill spread. Let me see actually what that is, just so that we have something to talk about. Like, the, uh, let's take a look. Top, top gap, Golden Guardians, money line. I'm done. That's all I had to say. No arguments will be had. If 100 Talk Pod is in the chat, someday, I don't hear it. someday had one terrible, terrible performance. I think he's going to be just fine. Listen, John, you say he had one terrible performance. You didn't own him on your fa- season long fantasy league teams <laughs> last year. He had like 18. Dang it. Let's I'll see. never forgive him. Seven and a half, plus seven and a half kill spread. He's facing Prince Harry. Or was it Prince? Prince Harry. <laughs> slash Prince Carson Harry. Wentz. Yeah, slash Carson Wentz. And you, indeed, quarterback. Yeah. Seven and a half is actually kind of low for this number. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But it's because the kill totals have been pretty low is why. Yeah. But I, I think there's a very reasonable chance Hundred Thieves just completely steamroll this game. So I think it's like hundred. I think it's it's like Hundred Thieves minus seven and a half or Golden Guardians money line is I think how you want to play it. I don't. know. Is there any chance Golden Guardians make a game out of this? Hundred Thieves are not strangers to shooting themselves in the foot sometimes. It could happen, but I don't think I'm going to bet on it. All right, that's fine. FlyQuest plus two forty eight. TSM minus two fifty seven. Feels like a no bet to me. Yeah, probably. Maybe TSM kill spreads wherever they end up. Uh, let's take a brief peek at that. Yeah, I was going to say, John mentioned it with 100 Thieves in the alternate version, but I think FlyQuest, he kind of hinted at it, but I think FlyQuest getting that early win is really nice too if we can find some of these alternative markets to bet on against them this week because I don't think that they're, you know, we all said it in the previous episode, we don't think they're going to be that good. Yeah. But them getting that Gwen Viego composition was just stupid. Uh, and so I think hopefully we can get a little bit of some redundancy violence, all that, yeah. and get some, some better numbers here. Six and a half here. I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from that for TSM. Minus six and a half. Liquid minus 200. EG plus 149. This is... God, I'm going to hate this game. Because I'm going to bet evil geniuses. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this, this is the spot. This is one of those spots that we just... I think so. Team Liquid not looking all there so far. EG is a decent underdog. Like even if Liquid like did look all there, I think this is a decent spot, right? Like 
these are the games Evil Geniuses win, and then they lose next week to like FlyQuest. I will say, I saw in the chat this weekend uh, in the Discord a lot of uh, Jizuke is garbage, and whether or not they're right, if people are ever typing Jizuke is garbage in the Discord, that's really bad for EG. Because EG really needs people to be typing Jizuke is a god in the chat for them to be good. Yes. Like, he doesn't necessarily, he's not, he's not garbage, but if people are even considering typing that, it's really bad for I will, EG. I will say, keep, just keep in mind, he's one of these players. Icon does this shit too, by the way. And, you know. Don't you dare fucking talk about Icon. You keep to. Icon's name out of your fucking mouth. I'm going mouth. to, because they just look stupid sometimes. They can look like geniuses and they can look stupid. Like back to back games. But Icon looked great. There we go. But just just a reminder. Sometimes it is just subject like it's it's objectively bad, right? Like sometimes it is just incorrect or whatever. But sometimes they're just trying to go for a play or something, and they just look really really dumb. But that's you know the the fine line between genius and madness a little bit. I'm not I'm not using that as an excuse for the bad stuff Jazuke does, but just keep that in mind when you're evaluating players like that. Yep, I think. Uh... I think it's a decent bet, but I could see being on the other side. I, I will say the one the one concern I would have is that uh, Team Liquid didn't look great last week, and John mentioned Core JJ didn't look great. Danny showed a little bit of over aggressiveness at times, and Core JJ seems like the worst type of player yeah. to make any sort of mistake like that, positioning the slightest bit two pixels too far forward, things like that. He seems like the guy that'll punish that. So I will say there's definitely some concern there, and with J- Jensen's current form that mid gap could be a little bit scary and impact didn't look great either. So who knows, but there, I think it's definitely a little bit scary to Betty G in this spot, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, I really hope they'll film review and be like, Hey guys, like we, we cool, could have won cool all the three Jets, of these just games. Tad, yeah, right? Let's just play for the win. You know, something and, I want to point out is that the support metagame is loosening up a little bit. Like the pool of champions. Like you're seeing some, some, uh, some enchanters getting played here and there now. And Core JJ is extremely good at this kind of stuff, and a lot of the other supports in the LCS are less. I don't want to say they're not good at it, but like that's not their bread and butter. That's how he made his name, right? So, you know, it's been a while since we've seen that. I don't want to look too far into it, but it's just something I want to like, you know, bring to attention to keep an eye on moving forward because, you know, I think the thing that makes Core JJ so good is besides just as a player, like, is that he, he does literally everything at, like, an elite level. So, a lot of these other players, I'm, I'm thinking Sword Art in particular, Ignar had, has some history with this, like, they're they're very much, like, frontline tank engage kind of players, and they struggle when it's, like, a mage metagame. We saw, I mean, remember the Sword Art uh, with Karma and all that kind of stuff going on? He, that was when he looked his worst, right? It's not his calling card. So just something to keep an eye, an eye on, because I don't know if it's necessarily going to end up continuing to trend that way, but it's looking like the support pool's kind of loosening up a little bit, like we could see some more diversity there. I want to say I uh, I like exa- I like what I saw from Danny. I, I, I want mm-hmm. somebody coming in doing that in the first couple weeks. I want you to look like iBoy in your first split. Yeah, I just don't, I don't want you to look like right? iBoy in your fifth split. I want you to look like iBoy in your first split. Yeah, I respect. If you the still confidence. look like him, if you still look like him in your fifth split, then you haven't learned enough. But if you're, but if you look like him in your first split, that just tells me you're capable of making the huge plays, and you just need to work a little bit on your, on your, you know, aggressiveness or whatever, and make sure it's at the right times. But yeah. I really like seeing that. That upgrades him in my eyes. Uh, Kevin brings up a really, really good point in chat. So uh, Hexflash got disabled outright in uh, the LPL because of the uh, the bug from this week. I don't know 
how long or if the other leagues are going to do that. Uh, you have to; it's a league to league situation. They each have their own commissions on stuff like that. So just keep an eye on that. If that's the case, then yeah, that's a big deal because like someone like Ignore is directly affected by something like that. If that's the case, if you are uh, looking at a team on blue side and they don't ban or first pick Karma, just get out. Yeah, that's that's. If, if there's one. no hex flash, Karma wins every game. I swear. Yeah, Karma's the, she's the best. Honestly, so, you might see Yumi with Ezreal getting played again. Too. Yeah, you can see. Ezreal yeah, I can see that. But yeah, if if hex flash is disabled in in any of these leagues and and Karma's not banned, bet on whoever the hell gets Karma. Yeah, Just Ezreal is in a position right now. By the way, for people that don't know, Ezreal's in a position right now that is like where he's definitely getting nerfed like very soon. Yeah. Ezreal's super overpowered right now, yeah. and we're definitely going to see him a fair bit. I think. And the the tricky thing with the Ezreal thing is like you can't nerf the items because you hit everybody else that's not abusing it. It's yeah, he's that, he's hard to nerf. It's just that the build is is too perfect. Honestly, for what it's worth, like this build has been good since it's it came out. It's just people were doing other things in the bottom lane, right? Like they wanted something that got online a lot faster, which is the only reason you haven't seen them really. But uh, isn't it so weird that you're like? The game feels faster, but you're seeing your like your Lulu Cogs and your Ezreals and stuff all of a sudden. It's it's a little little strange, but uh, I honestly think it's because you can you can tell me if you disagree with this, but I think it's because Riot is just making all the champions too strong. And when you have champions that are scaling champions, when you make them too strong, then you can play them in the early game yeah, too, exactly because because um, they're just too strong. Uh, I don't. I, I would have to like take a look like a closer look and really dive into it. Like I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I kind of think a lot of this is just that this is a weird patch and it's very very different than all of spring season. So I think everyone's kind of feeling it out, figuring out what works for them, which is why you're seeing so much weird stuff right now. Uh, it's probably just you know this was working for some teams in spring. Like I think that's a big. It, it's hard to call it an edge, but it's an edge that you'll know about afterwards, right? Like in hindsight, where. You can like we're gonna know three weeks from now which teams like who was it this morning was just like playing Jin right was the sandbox played Jin both games like if we find out that they were onto something with that and Jin ends up being pretty good then okay like maybe you give them some credit but if they were just playing Jin and they thought it was good and it wasn't then that's something you could like look back and critique on but I think like early in the season with so I think drafting right now is extremely difficult. Like, I would encourage everyone to go through, like, I know, like, LS has, like, his draft simulator, but, like, go through and just pull a spreadsheet up and just, like, draft against yourself, right? And you'll find that right now with all these flex picks, it's so easy to just, because when it's, all right, so, I don't want to go down too far down this rabbit hole, but, like, generally speaking, when there's a lot of extremely powerful flex picks and the flex picks are the best picks, not because they're flexible, but because they're also the best picks, you end up in a meta game that it's very, very difficult to like truly counterpick things, right? Unless the other team screws up and shows you something. So it ends up in this weird situation where it's like, okay, power pick, something that's also a power pick, another power pick, and there's no like interplay. It's more about like, okay, like who's gonna make the first mistake? Like you don't want to show your cards. You wanna be the last person to show your cards, right? And I also just think like when you have double melee solo lanes, the game's just gonna be volatile no matter how you slice it, right? So you're seeing a lot of Renekton, a lot of Diego, a lot of Gwen. Um, who else? Uh, Silas. Like, anytime you have those kind of things and carry junglers involved in this kind of thing, too, it, the games are just going to be volatile. Like, not necessarily bloody, but very snowball in one way or the other. Because when melee champions get behind, they suck. 
That's just the way it works. Like, there's a few exceptions, but generally speaking, you it's easier to lose control of the game as a melee that gets behind. Than... Except for Yone, right, John? So, Diego. I mean, Diego's just extra Yone. I mean, the, the, yeah. all these screw right games. <laughs> um, like totally lost track. Uh, Cloud Nine against CLG. No, it's like minus five hundred. Yeah, Immortals plus one hundred against Dignitas minus one thirty five. This is one where it feels a little tough not to take Immortals. When I said I thought Immortals was like fairly priced, this one feels a little tough for me. I don't think Dignitas is that good. I'm willing to. I don't know. Like I think Dignitas could just be like the seventh or sixth place. Like they're fine. They're not bad. They're not particularly good. They're just fine. But I, I'm with you. Like I, I think this, given given what we saw, like Immortals are feeling themselves right now. Like I, I don't think you want to get in the way of that. So I, I really liked. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet Dignitas here, but uh, I'm probably going to be on Immortals. But I could see the case for just wanting to wait and see. I really liked the interview that I saw with Zersei because I mean, people have to say this, but Zersei really went out of his way to talk about how great the team environment is on Immortals right now and how like Lost on TSM too. Yeah, and how laid back he feels, like he's not over pressured, and everyone's getting along. I like seeing that kind of stuff for sure. So definitely good. Um. Sunday, 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 Sunday. We are at one thirty-nine. Damn one minus fourteen hundred against KT Rolster plus six forty. So KT looked really, really bad last season. I kind of thought they should have made that roster transition four weeks earlier than they did, or in my opinion, they should have just started the season with that. Right. That said. They're kind of a weird team because, like, I don't like the way that they pl- they played so slow, like to a fault, right? Like they were not pushing advantages, like they were over cautious, and I don't think that's what you want to be doing right now. Like you want to be taking plays and making confident decisions, especially right now. That said, how much of that was a symptom of the roster fluctuations, or maybe those old players, maybe the new? players are more willing to do more aggressive stuff like basically like is there a case for like kt to take a game at plus 162 here i think there's a case to just bet kt at 640 like 640 is just wild for me especially because i thought that damwon definitely showed some holes at msi uh it looked like there could be some issues showmaker is having his problems even though it hasn't really seemed to affect his like game too much so far i was gonna say i'm not i'm not uh, he was yeah, he, he was, was still he fantastic. Was, he was 1v9ing at MSI. I don't want to... The bot lane, too much, the bot yeah. lane had some real problems. And whenever a team has any like glaring weakness like that, I have a hard time not taking somebody else at plus 640 against them, even though Damwon's clearly been better than yeah. KT. Plus the hangover narrative, too. Like, you have that kicking in. You have, nar- high, you have hangover narrative. You have volatility narrative. You have week one, just bump the dogs in week one narrative. And then KT rolls are making changes that I think are going to be positive for this team. So... I think there's enough in your favor to just take a shot, even if it's like a light, you know, quarter. Yeah, it'd be a sprinkle. Yeah, a sprinkle. Wouldn't hate a light play here. Would like it a lot more if uh, if Damwon actually win on Friday. Yeah, that would mean to me that they put a lot into that series and won't have much time to prepare. We heard their coaching staff complaining about not having preparation time during MSI specifically. A little bit, a little bit. Not not anything crazy, but. Yeah, I actually would like this this spot a lot. More. If they lose to T one, I'm not getting in the way of the freight train personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's just a huge number. And, and like, I legitimately think like the, the the game right now really is just super volatile. Like it's so easy to just randomly get snowballed on by like a Viego or you know any of these like. There's just so many powerful picks that are super high variance, right? So, like, even if just some some guy just has, like, a ridiculous... Lava, right? Lava just had, like, a nutty performance this morning. And, you know, that that might be all it takes, right? So, um, this one's interesting. Afrika minus 103, DRX minus 128. DRX is another really interesting team coming into this season. So, CV Max back behind the bench, so to speak. Think about that what you will, but... What's interesting with DRX is, like, they're another team that I think, stylistically, they're going to have to show us that they can do something else because I don't think you can play that way right now. It's the same kind of concern I had for EDG and KT, right? I'm not ruling it out. Like, they've had more than enough time to play on this patch and get some experience, but I'm kind of in wait-and-see mode for DRX. I think they have a pretty wide range of outcomes because there's a reasonable chance that, like, young roster, they all take a step forward. They have some experience now. If they can successfully make an adjustment to playing less sit around and wait for your opponents to screw up, if they can make a transition to a more proactive game plan, then I'm, I wouldn't rule out DRX actually being pretty good. But at the same time, I have that, like, oh, my God, this seems like just the biggest regression candidate that ever existed, right? Like, like I, it would not surprise me at all to see DRX finish, like, ninth or 10th either. Yeah, it's, it's an Afrika bet for me, I think. Yeah. But I'm going to be I'm gonna be keeping my opinions... Uh, lightly held on both of these teams. Yeah. I think I'm going to bet Afrika, but when I watch this match, if they just get blown out by DRX, I'm going to be willing to upgrade DRX and downgrade Afrika immediately in yeah, my thoughts. Two teams with very wide ranges of outcomes, right? Like, there's just a lot of moving... There's a lot of things going on, like, conceptually with both of these teams that make it really, really interesting. What about you, Josh? Afrika Freaks? No comment. Yeah. <laughs> Double Afrika weekend. What could go wrong? I will say, right? yeah. I mean, I will say, like, <laughs> this line does seem a little bit off. I just this team, like, I, I don't know what to do with them because it's just like they, they just can. It's there's teams that underperform and you expect regression, but like, how long can I expect regression from this team? You know, I just and they blow it. I, it's just tough, but yeah, in in a better's mind, like. We these gotta are, keep these betting are two on of the hardest teams, right? These are two of the hardest teams to deal with because, like, all right, yeah, I'm just gonna keep like, going back to the well. And... Yeah, it's like, man, like I really just want to keep betting on them because they have talent. And this is the double the whammy too, right? Because like I want to keep going back to the well, fading the RX too. So it's like, yeah. this is a really it's weird. It's a perfect one. storm. It's a perfect storm, and they're underdogs. Like, seems like a snap a freak of bet, but man, I just. I'm not. I'm gonna. I bet feel like I'm gonna bet it and feel bad and not be yeah, surprised. That's at true. Anything. That's a good point. So yeah, I feel like we're gonna bet it, and then it's just gonna be this biggest slaughter. DRX just wins two zero, like twenty kills to two, both games. Like and then Afrika, and then Afrika anyway. wins their next seven just to throw us off the scent or something stupid like that. <laughs> oh my! Uh, for, uh, Sunday in the LPL, we've got Team WE minus seven hundred against Thunder Talk plus four twenty five. We'll say plus one twenty four for Thunder Talk to take a game. I actually like what they did. Uh, roster change wise they have a lot of things to work on this team's got issues but i will say this thunder talk did a really good job in early games last season they were actually one of the better teams in the league in the early game they just shit their pants afterwards right especially against the good teams that kind of thing i think is what you want to be doing right now and i could see this is the kind of team that i think could flip heads against against some big favorites and steal a game or two here or there right 
I'm I'm probably going to be on Thunder Talk here, at least a plus one point five, and I'm probably a small bit on the money line. I just think like it's again like all the all the volatility in early season and the underdog you know bump for the first weekend and. We're going to get to see them tomorrow, so maybe I'll change my mind on this, and if they look terrible, then, you know, I'll look like an idiot. But, like, this is not a damnation of WE whatsoever. I just think that, like, I, I kind of like enough of what Thunder Talk have done, and I, they showed me that they could potentially succeed in something like this, so I'm willing to take a gamble on that. Yeah, I don't think WE's bettable at all. You can't bet WE here. You can decide if you want to bet it's TT. TT. Or nothing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm going to bet TT, but I, I'd rather bet TT than bet WE. So minus one and a half at minus one sixty seven, I don't think is bad uh, for for Team WE, honestly. But I think if you're not betting that, it's untouchable unless you're betting. It's either minus, Team WE minus one and a half, or or you're uh, betting on TT somehow. All right, Invictus minus five eighty eight against OMG plus three sixty three. OMG are bad, real bad. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I can find a bet in this one. Maybe the minus one and a half, but I don't like minus one and a half at minus one forty five pretty much ever. I feel like they sh- they should just not be this bad. I don't get it. Like I don't think this is like a talented team or anything, but they have like a couple of like I think like I think Cold and Aki are pretty good. I think Cold's actually really good, but like. The rest of this team is just so dog shit. It's awful. Like, I I don't know. Maybe they'll grow with time or something. But I'm 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 just fading. Omg. Someone just. Notice. I just need someone to explain to me how in it is it seventeen or eighteen team league seventeen. In a seventeen team league, we have a team playing on back to back days when there's two games uh, a day. So this is built into their schedule is just garbage. No, though. this is this is built into the schedule. Um, every. Every team they alternate two game weeks. So Rare Adam is playing uh, Wednesday and Friday. Or, uh, yeah, but these are back to back Tuesday days. And Thursday. Like this is it's Saturday and Sunday for Invictus. Which, like I would get it if you have at least a day between. I don't know. Regardless, it, that seems like it, that I'm, makes I'm it tough. Double, I'm double checking myself right now. One second. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I hate that scheduling. Like there's 17 uh, teams and we're playing six series a weekend. Can we not Wait a make two teams play? The book has the wrong things up. Oh, okay. So Sunday is WE against TT. That was right. And it's LGD against UP, against Ultra Prime. So let me change Ah, uh, okay. Uh, okay. I might have just wrote it down wrong. Let me go double check real quick and I'll... Let me pull okay, well, LGD against UP is a, a little bit more talkable. I mean, that... Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. All right, so LGD is minus 152 against Ultra Prime, Ultra Prime plus 115. LGD sweeps at plus 199. Ultra Prime take a game is at minus 278. I think I'm going to end up betting LGD in that line. I think Ultra Prime, despite looking pretty good in their first series, I think they're the worst team in the league. And I'm going to stick with that thought until I see something else. Uh, Rogue Warriors has something to say about that. But I can see the Rogue Warriors doesn't have Hacker and SMLZ on their team in 2021 hey, SMLZ straight up outplayed 2v2 this morning. Straight up. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I like the LGD minus one and a half there as well. I, but. So, I think LGD are, like, your candidate to step up into the next echelon. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but, like, I, I'm kind of – hear me out. Like, I'm kind of treating LNG, LGD, and Billy Billy as, like, 
there's a re like, I think they could actually be the middle of the table. Like they could end up being that that group in the middle. Whereas during the summer, it was it was quite literally just like okay, like everyone top nine, bottom seven, and LNG, right? Like that was it. Like there was no and LNG wasn't even remotely close to the top nine teams. So I think there's a case that these teams could maybe get a little bit better and challenge some of the top nine teams and at least be competitive instead of just getting blown out every single game. But I, LGD, I still have my issues with this team, but I do like the roster a lot more than I like to the spring roster. They seem like the definition of a team that can come in strong here, maybe. Yeah. If they like three veterans on the team, guys that can, can come in here and, and just be good to begin with, yeah. I'm, I think they might start off all right. I'm probably going to stay away from this one because I'm a little bit more bullish on Ultra Prime than you guys are, and I thought they looked pretty good this morning in terms of, you know, they were willing to sling and play confident, and they played FPX pretty well. FPX is very good, so... Maybe maybe that was just week one, day one, like they had a good plan and they just look like shit from here on forward. But uh, I'm kind of in wait and see on both of these teams a little bit. So I'm probably not going to play this one. Wouldn't surprise me if LGD just smash it, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Sunday in the LEC, we've got XL plus 186, Shalka minus 232. This is XL. Right. Yeah, plus one eighty six seems a little a little heavy. It feels like a line that might be highly edited by the time Sunday rolls around. Yeah. So if you want to bet XL here, you might want to do it now. It seems like this line could change a lot. And if you want to fade XL, which seems reasonable to wait as well. So, yep. Um, Misfits plus one hundred four, Vitality minus one twenty six. Disgusting line from the books here. What like good? It does. I mean, it, it does feel like a Vitality bet about, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to like check my bias at the door because like I think I don't want to get too overexcited about Vitality. You know what I'm saying? Where do you have Misfit Power ranked? Like you have them above Fnatic and Shalka? I have them like in that tier. Yeah, I have them above yeah. Shalka. I uh, yeah, I I don't. But okay, that's fine. I I I think. But yeah, I mean, it's seventh versus sixth. I I just have this as fourth versus seventh, and you're giving me. I just don't think there's. I just don't think money. that there's that much difference between those teams. That's all. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe like we see vitality and it all comes together and they're way better and I look like an idiot, mm-hmm. but like right now I don't know. I so. just don't know where the misfits advantage is in that like what position they have the advantage. It is could the be tough mid. part. <laughs> VTO was like the second worst mid in the split for me last 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 split, but yeah, we'll see. They yeah. have Vander on their team. <laughs> He's on their team. <laughs> <sighs> Stralis plus 500, Mad Lions minus 741. Just, it's the best of one. Mad Lions lose to themselves enough that just, just yeah. hold your nose and take the kill spread or something. Zanzara yeah. meme game. Let's go, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Zanzara yep. pops off on, like, Evelyn or something stupid. And <laughs> Give me the Z- Zanzara on the reworked moon. Oh, wait. They're probably playing Diana. one time back. Oh, man. Whew. Yeah. Something like that. Like, the, the plus 500. Yeah, Dude, 500. I, I don't even care. Like, maybe Golden Guardians would be the exception. Like, if it's plus 500 and a best of one on week one. In this I already bet Golden Guardians like, at more than plus 500 this in this, season. Dude, in this kind of metagame especially, like, dude, get out of here. Just give me the plus 500. I don't even care who it is. It could be like you, John. Here, like, here's the question. John, would you bet Golden Guardians plus 500 against 100 Thieves? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe, maybe that's not. That's a gut That's check. close. <laughs> that's close. I think I – oh, this is – it's just too fat a number. And it's going to be like an 11 and a half kill spread. So take the – I think definitely take the kill spread. 100%. And then do like do like you know uh, seventy seventy five twenty five 
kill spread and money line or or one and a quarter or one and a half or whatever you want to do. So, uh, Fnatic plus one eighty two against Rogue minus two twenty six. I, I kind of feel like I'm just on too many dogs on principle, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to. This bet one feels Rogue all right here. to me. Like, I, I'm not gonna bet Rogue. I'm just not gonna bet. This, this bet feels there. These lines seem fair. I can see. I can see what you're saying about Fnatic looking enticing here. But yeah, you know what I mean. Feels like, like one of those. This is the upside, but this is probably a pass. This is probably a pass. Yeah. G two minus three sixty six. SK plus two eighty two. Three sixty six is actually kind of cheap. If if you rewind yeah, six months, weird. rewind six months. Yeah. It's Mickey X against Jazzes. Yeah, this is this is where it's weird because like SK, I didn't think are. Are too underpriced in the other, like are overpriced in the other matchups, but in this one they seem like way overpriced to me. I don't, it's, I don't know where the books have G two. They have G two Rogue and Mad essentially as co favorites. Yeah, but it's like minus three sixty. I don't know. It just seems kind of odd to me. Uh, it feels like this is a, is a slam G two bet. It's just kills red. Time total under. Yeah, and then if, first the, if this happens to be like the G two game and they lose, and it's like what you just like whatever. You it is what it is. Yeah. Whatever, but. And if G2, I mean, if you end up losing on this and G2 just look terrible this weekend, then maybe it's time to maybe start having that conversation. But we'll, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm not willing to count my eggs and whatever cliches. Cliche, 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 you know. Sunday in the LCS, we got Golden Guardians plus 138 against FlyQuest minus 185. I am really going to want to sleep through this one. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a sleep game. Yeah, this is a uh, stay. The, the angle for this one, play some TFT, put it on the other monitor. Don't really pay attention. To no, no, no. You're, you got it all wrong. The angle for this one is stay up all night watching LPL and LCK so you oh, can take a nap and games. set an alarm you're through right. this game. Now, listen, guys. <laughs> right after this is the this is the solo revenge narrative game. Ooh. Okay, you guys, what you guys are forgetting about here? This is the solo yo. revenge narrative game. Sold. I'm sold. D- <laughs> yo, so yo, DFS is nobody gonna play this game? For good reason. Oh, yeah. I actually think in DFS this might be a pretty sweet game. That's what I'm saying, and I don't think people are good. It's not going to be on people's radar as much either. Yeah, it's not enticing, so people might stay away from yeah. it. But I kind of like this game for DFS. Here we go. This is like the two small market teams playing narrative. Yeah. And Dad uses John. That's what... <laughs> yeah, the problem is the the problem is the Dig C9 and EG100 Thieves are probably both going to end yeah. up projecting for higher kills. But yeah. I... I wouldn't hate it. You're going like to get low ownership, ownership play, on both teams. Play, yeah. Yeah. Immortals plus 163, Liquid minus 222. Form versus... Uh, Fading this one. Yes. I don't want to get in the way of Immortals, man. They actually look super confident right now. I don't want to mess with that. And Liquid Liquid's don't. Lines, yeah, Liquid's lines are frustratingly unbettable with them all being above minus 200. This is Because this is the weekend I want to come back and bet them. Yep. Right. Exactly like after same. kind of an underwhelming, like that's like I want to buy low on them, but yeah, the, you know what it is. I think it's just like also the matchups they caught. Like I don't really want to. I don't know. It's it's just interesting that they caught like this exact three teams, right? Instead of like a Cloud Nine or a TSM or something. So CLG plus two thirty eight, TSM minus three forty five. Another no better from me. I might actually. I'll consider a CLG spot here. I might but... consider a TSM, but I want to see how CLG look. If they look normal, I might actually go the other way and take CLG. Yeah, I'll Seems consider a, a CLG considering spot. Considering the weight of this, I don't want to like. CLG is a little bit unbettable for me right now, but if they show me something Friday or Saturday, I'll consider them in this yeah, spot. Yeah, same. Dignitas plus one seventy-seven. Cloud nine minus two forty-four. 
That's a John me, George yeah. gut check. No, really? We're not two teams he one. hates. Yeah, we're not touching this one. They both suck, so. <laughs> and EG plus 127 against 100 Thieves minus 169 to round out our weekend of Professional League of Legends. Round out the weekend with a win. Nice 100 Thieves bet. Good job, everyone. Congrats. Congrats to the winners, right? Oh, God. This just this feels hard, like a spot. Right? This feels like the spot. This is the EG spot. Where Jazuke just decides Plays at like 27 Cassian. minutes that he's going to go randomly face check a bush and just get blown up. <laughs> and then 100 Thieves overcommit to the base race, get aced, and then they lose the game. And Did, it's just a yeah. full clown fiesta like every single EG game in the history of ever. I mean, this, honestly, this yo, number's this not big enough for EG stop playing right clown now? fiesta games? Yeah. Like, their, their, like, fiesta quotient has to be way higher than, like, every other team in the West. Yeah. Including this, G2. <laughs> this number's not big enough for an EG bet, I don't think. One uh, day. Unfortunately. It feels like day, plus 170, I'd take it. I'm going to be scrolling Twitter, and there's going to be a video... And it's going to say, thank you, Svensk Aaron, in big letters on the front of it. And then that day, I'm going to go, yes, evil geniuses. I will <laughs> well, bet actually, the evil geniuses. I actually think it's funny that you that you think Svensk Aaron is the weakest spot. Or, or, like, do you think he was the weakest spot this past weekend? No, I don't think he was the weakest okay. spot. They, they, just had, they were just uh, dumb just as a it. team this past weekend. Like, I mean, it was, it was everyone this past weekend. Yeah. Impact had a bad game. Zuke had a couple poor decisions. Um, I, I don't really blame anything on Danny. I think he did what they brought him in to do, be an aggressive AD carry. Yeah. And Sven Skarin, I think people were talking about how he was mismanaging his overheats on Rumble. I'm honestly not good enough at the champion to understand what the hell yeah. that means. <laughs> so uh, I'll take their word for it, I suppose. But I didn't think he was a big error. I just thought it was their solo lanes just didn't show up. And yeah. that was a big reason why I was high on them. I thought both their solo laners could be, could be very good players and, if they don't get it together with their solo lanes, it's going to be tough because I don't think they have the bottom lane that can carry yeah. um, games like that. All right. Pick of the week. Last week, I missed on CLG minus 105 against FlyQuest. Uh, that was the Viego Gwen game, and I was upset. Uh, <laughs> uh, John was out last week. Chris had 100 Thieves plus 189 against Cloud9. I think we were all on that. Uh, Josh missed on EG minus 156 against Dignitas. EG just wrecking us this weekend. It's fine. They weren't up 5K gold in that game or anything. And Don't worry the about listeners, it. listeners, Iron Berserker, gave us FlyQuest plus 124 against Dig, which also missed. So what are we looking at this week? Uh, I'll, I'll start off. Um, we've talked a lot about parlay theory on this in this podcast. I think week one is one of the best places you can get uh, parlay odds that make it reasonable to bet a parlay where you actually have value on every single leg. Uh, to me, I think there's value on uh, a three-leg parlay that I found. G2 minus 103 versus MAD. It's day one, game one. Uh, personally, I think G2 is a better team than MAD, and I think they'll show that. So on that game, we all talked about that. I think we're all on G2. Uh, Vitality minus 126 versus Misfits. I just think the gap's bigger there between Vitality and Misfits than the book's giving it credit for. Um, I do think Misfits has a solid roster, but I think Vitality's is just better at almost every single position. Tough for me to find any single matchup where I think uh, Misfits has an advantage. And then the third leg, and this one's going to be the one that kills me, I'm sure. Cavs probably going to flame me. But I think EG minus 122 versus INT. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Like I said, give me the team that's going to be getting these massive goldies in every game and expect them to revert to the just solo queue mentality of being able to close out with a big lead. Um, 
I, I hope they can find that form again. I find all three legs having a little bit of value for me. I think all those lines are a bit short. So I'll take that three-leg parlay for uh, plus 543. I'm going to go with Invictus plus 159 against EDG. Um, just there, There's so many spots exactly like this where I just think it's too heavy-handed on the favorite. Uh, I think T1's another good candidate. I think WE's a decent candidate. I think um, there, there's just a lot of spots. Uh, Chris left us uh, sandbox against Nong Shim, similar idea, so that's going to be his pick of the week. So I'll give me uh, give me Invictus plus one fifty nine against CDG. Ladies I'm going to have some gross parlays this weekend because I like like five to ten underdogs this yeah. weekend, and I know I'm going to get some parlays on them. But I'm just going to go with WE plus one fourteen against Sunning. Yeah, I, I think you could like I think the the T one match is like a close second for me at plus one fifty nine against Damwon. I'm sure I'll end up parlaying those two, but for the official pick of the week, I'm going to go WE against Sunning. Makes a lot of sense. The listener pick this week is compliments of at Emmerich D4U, Chris from the Discord, always uh, supremely entertaining and fan of classy beer. Uh, he's giving us a CV Lull pick of the week. Let's mix it up for a little bit here, right? First CV Lull pick on the uh, Gold Card Podcast, I think. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I don't even know, it's uh, Renzga plus 185 against Kaboom. I will check really quickly when that's happening. That is actually on the 12th, which is Saturday. Saturday morning in the CB Lull. So, yeah. uh, Thanks to Chris for spicing it up, bringing us a a CB Lull pick of the week. For those that don't know, by the way, um, feel free to hit him up in Discord and on Twitter because he actually, he he follows CB Lull a lot and does, you know, does write-ups from time to time and, you know, if you need any questions on, on that league, he's the guy to ask because he actually follows it quite a bit. You got to get in the Discord if you're not in the yeah, Discord because so we have blessed. so many fucking legends in the Discord. Yep. We have like 20 legends in there for various reasons. I mean, you got to come and you got to meet Pat. You got to come <laughs> talk to Roge. Yeah, dude. You gotta, I mean, <laughs> we got so many legends in the Discord, dude. You got to come talk to these guys. So please join the Discord. If We've you're even not got some people that have money for dogs, right? That's the. Yeah, we got Kevin there. We got yeah. Ghost Rider running around. I mean, Gelati, you missed it actually in the chat, but Kevin was talking about how you flexed every single time that you've got money for dogs. Oh my god! Over <laughs> <laughs> throughout, throughout the course of this podcast. Oh man, it was good. great, great, legendary. Oh, there's so many memes. We the it's always you know a community's getting like like solidifying, like laying down its roots when they have community memes. Right, like everyone, there, there's memes within the Discord and everything now. So you got to get on the meme game, get in while the getting's good before you you don't understand anything anymore. Um, first full slate. It's a really really long show. I'll try to keep the tempo up more next time. But we had a lot to talk about because there was a lot of context to be given to these first couple of weeks, and we'll be plowing through these a little bit faster moving forward. Now that we know uh, what we're looking for, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the first full slate, and we'll see you all next week. Good luck, everybody. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.